0: to the sixth annual Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson.
1: Yeah, I'm Patrick
0: Remyon. Welcome to the Academy.
1: Academy.
0: <laughs> Patrick was really jazzed because we got a jam-packed episode oh,
1: today. Man. Yeah, toe to tip. We're, we're, we're up to the gills and street, my friends. Up to the, like, I'm, I'm 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 choking!
0: This is gonna. This might be the episode where we find out how much Streep is too much Streep.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that that'll be the case. It was almost madness. And I watched five hours of Streep back to back. Uh, big chaos energy uh, emanating from me right now because I don't know if the human mind can handle that much Streep. Sure.
0: And energy would not be the word we would use to describe either of these two movies, but we'll get to that in a little bit.
1: Now they're they're bucolic as fuck, my friend. (laughs) Mad bucolism,
0: Patrick. Before uh, before we get to our awesome guest and our movies, we got late breaking street news here. We're introducing a new segment to the show. Word on the street. Oh wow! Big news. Big news. A new Meryl Streep movie is in the mix. It will be released in December. It's on Netflix. It comes out December 11th. It's called The Prom. It's another musical. Meryl has in the press said when she read the script, I got Mamma Mia vibes.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, that will be, that could either be very good or very bad. Well, we uh, st-
0: I think we're still having Mamma Mia flashbacks from our uh, wa- our screening of it a few weeks ago.
1: Oh, totally! Yeah, no. I'll uh, whenever I hear uh, sweet the sweet sounds of Waterloo on the radio, I get intense PTSD just of like you know uh, Julie Waters falling out of that canoe. Uh, the ground. Pierce around- and Colin Firth opening their shirts. Right. <laughs> the worst singing ever from an Englishman. Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> good lord.
0: That's scientifically proven, folks. That is,
1: yep. We use test tubes, but I mean, I think
0: we're we're this this movie seems like it could go in a variety of directions. It's directed by Ryan Murphy, who is not the subtlest of creative people um, Uh, in the world.
1: You're saying the guy who created Nip Tuck isn't subtle?
0: (laughs) Yeah, surprise, surprise. Uh, But we got an all star cast surrounding Meryl as. It is kind of usually the case these days uh starting with our good friend James Corden uh Ooh. you might remember from in the into the woods episode of our program uh but also Nicole Kidman is involved yeah as is uh Andrew Reynolds and
1: Keegan Michael Key so that's th- uh that's not too bad and, and and you know what i will say one point for the movie Matthew i'm going to pronounce his last name incorrectly libatique libatique i saw
0: that as well yes Matthew, yeah. the great cinematographer matthew libatique is yeah is this is his follow-up to a star is born <laughs> so it's got to uh there's got to mean something you know to bring uh, to the table i wonder it sounds like the movie has a good message to it and it will be at the very least i think um sincere and weird
1: yeah, that's like, you know, that's all you can ask for in these times. And uh, all I hope is that since Matthew Libatique is doing the cinematography, that it has that weird black and white effect similar to Pi. Yes. You want that yeah, in the movie? <laughs> I, better I get... think
0: that um, if they hadn't gotten Ryan Murphy, Aronofsky was clearly the next choice to direct a film of this sort.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this is like, this would have been his Noah to. Yeah. Noah's. Prom? He
0: had some <laughs> teenagers. They're probably going to prom at some point soon. But I think we don't know, folks, if the prom is going to disrupt our brackets, if this is going to be the performance that Meryl's like, you know, I thought I was going to be remembered for Sophie's Choice. But really, I think the prom is our uh, is kind of the uh, the be all end all. It might be. Who knows? But one thing we can guarantee is that the Academy Academy is on the case.
1: Oh yeah, I've got I've got my uh, Sherlock Holmes cap on. I've got a big cartoonish magnifying glass, and it's making it really difficult to read the words on my computer. Yep, <laughs> I should not be using this magnifying glass. It's not <laughs> helping yes, me. We'll
0: be on it. We'll let you know. We'll be watching it. Maybe we'll do a special bonus episode to cover it. Uh, but that's been word on the street. Expect more. She never stops. We know that. Take a look at her IMDb. She's got shit up coming and from all directions. Another Soderbergh movie is even on the horizon. So mm. get ready. But a um, couple quick podcast-related updates before we jump into things. Patrick, mm-hmm. how is uh, your quest to be uh, get a movie Julie, Julie, and Patrick coming along?
1: Uh, it's going poorly. Uh, oh, great! not cooking's been bad, but the good news though, you know, uh, it's very odd. I, I found there's a, a local, uh, I don't know how to say this. There's a local uh, rat. There's like a local rat. There's a rat in my neighborhood. And, like the animal, the animal. Like the animal, yeah, it's not like, okay. a, not like a scumbag. This is a rat, a hum, uh, not a oh, human it's... rat, an animal rat, an animal rat, okay. uh, but human characteristics. So this rat, Came into my apartment, quite the fright I had. I chased this bad boy around. You know, I, I don't like rats. Nobody does, it's, it's disgusting. But then, but then damn the damn rat went into my, 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 my crate, not my crate, my, my plastic container. I have a bunch of like, you know, cooked garlic. Like you can go to like Ralph's and get like cooked, already cooked roasted garlic. You know, you can get that next to like, you know, the, it's in the, yeah, like this roasted tomatoes, all that stuff. Like the stuff that you would have in a charcuterie plate. There's like plastic containers of roasted garlic you can get. Damn rat went into the roasted garlic. He smelled it, started to take the little roasted garlics, went to a, uh, the top of a Topo Chico cap, went to it, used a damn Topo Chico cap, like a frying pan, Got the littlest thing of flour, the littlest thing of water, like a drop, like a a dew drop of water, a dew drop of milk. He went into the fridge, got a dew drop of milk, made a damn garlic bread.
0: And how was the garlic bread?
1: Not that bad, but let's just say I can, I'm looking forward to putting this little rat on my head and letting him use me like a weird Muppet.
0: All right. There's only one thing I want to guarantee from you on AC that you will be putting a dramatically floppy chef's hat over the rat, taking instructions from the rat. And then it's in a silly way revealed later on that you've actually had a rat on your head the entire time.
1: Oh, yeah. The, number one won't be a silly way. I'll they'll never get found out. Uh, number two, unfortunately, <laughs> okay. I do not I do not have a, 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 a floppy chef's hat. So I have to use like one of like those Pharrell hats. Okay. Like it's like a range. So I'm basically I'm walking. I'm I'm cooking wearing Pharrell's hat, uh, but the rat's controlling me. And uh, I, you know I'll say like I made a, a cordon bleu the other day, pretty good. I think this is my this is my way to Hollywood, baby. Boy,
0: this is going to be a real twist on the old Julie and Julia story. I'm looking forward to hearing more. But, so keep us posted about you and the rat and all your French cooking, Patrick.
1: Oh yeah. Um, and he's got a he's got a name too. Are you willing to tell us? It's George. Okay, cool. cool. There's no meaning. No. Yeah, <laughs> just a regular nothing, old rat. Nothing significant. <laughs> nothing significant. Okay. <laughs> it has no deep right. value. Well,
0: I know we're all on the edge of our seats to learn more about your cooking, but uh, one more piece of housekeeping news: we are still running dramatically behind in money to pick up an original Don Gummer piece of art. Mm -hmm. We are pleading with you listeners. You know, I don't know if we need to start a GoFundMe here or what, but we need a Gummer.
1: I will break my leg, start a GoFundMe for my broken leg, but then add an additional like $2,000 to the amount I would need to fix it if that's what it takes.
0: That's that's (laughs) the kind of, you know, absolute dedication we have
1: to you. The listener, and to really getting a full spectrum of street. Yeah, that's the violent zeal I have for this. I want that gummer. Now, Me and my a, little rat.
0: A lot of people have kind of come to us and said, "Boy, the gummer pieces are freaking huge." You all are like these, like Los Angeles guys who are not, you know, successful because we're doing a Meryl Streep podcast and not working with Meryl Streep. So, a lot of people are saying, "Where are you going to house a gummer?" Mm. there he, he this is a man who is not a minimalist
1: in his no, art maximalist
0: so uh, we're putting the word out it's either gonna go to Patrick's parents house or it's gonna go to my parents house
1: yeah I live in yeah, it, I, li- I live in LA I don't I only have a little I only have a little the littlest apartment I couldn't fit that yeah it's practically bigger than an apartment yeah I me living in this house is like my little rat George uh, living in my Pharrell's <laughs> hat yes That's the exact similarity. That's the ratio. That's, that's Gummer's law. That's Gummer's law. Wow. That is,
0: that's a, that is scientific right there.
1: Yeah. We just discovered a math folks.
0: Yeah. Gosh. Just discovery after discovery on the Academy Academy boy, you guys are getting a real treat here. Um, But basically we're still looking for money. We think we can house it at our parents' house. We're going to keep you updated because mm-hmm. by the time this is over, we're sending Meryl Streep an award, but we're also sending the Streep Gummer family a check because we're expecting a Gummer <laughs> in return. We want to pay Gummer. Indeed. Yes, yes. But we will keep you updated all of that and late-breaking Streep news as the weeks progress. But, Patrick, what do you say we get to our awesome guest?
1: Oh, I'm so excited.
0: Me too. He's a great friend of mine. Uh, He's a co executive producer on the Showtime documentary miniseries, The Reagans. He hosts the great podcast, Straight White Guy Listening. People, Graham, hi. Welcome to the Academy.
2: Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm hearing the crowd roar. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I want to
1: kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, That's why I come on podcasts.
2: Yeah. yeah. I come here for the kisses. I watch five hours of Meryl Streep movies. So people <laughs> want to smooch me. Yeah. Thanks for having I, me, guys. Thank you
0: so much for coming in. Thank you again. Yes. Uh, for the five hours of Streep, this is definitely one of our <laughs> more epic days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But an
2: important like, and necessary uh, I'm a, day. I'm in an altered state right now. <laughs> like I've just been staring at Meryl Streep for so long. Like, oh.
1: uh,
2: yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Do. It's like your
1: brain's pickled in Streep. <laughs> right. you're you're in a brine. You're in a
2: Streep brine. Right, but it's savory. It's a savory brine.
1: Oh yeah, you could, yeah. dude. You could like chop that up, sell that at Canner's Deli, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, yeah, it's versatile. It's versatile. Yeah. <laughs> i'm jewish i can say that just want to make sure everyone knows that
2: so i i don't know what you guys usually do but if you guys haven't watched five hours worth of meryl streep you should probably pause this podcast yeah watch all five hours and then come back because you're not going to understand it unless you know every nuanced detail
0: and also graham uh i don't know if we mentioned it to you ahead of time but um this is a this is spoilers don't count in this country (laughs) (laughs) so we're wide open with everything we talk about because both these movies in particular our second one is riveting and so many flop twists in the
2: second film (laughs) yeah Uh, so they're 20 30 years old plus i mean they're
0: yeah 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 i think out of africa is older than patrick
1: oh big definitely (laughs) <laughs> definitely older than me yeah i'm older the uh i think i'm older than street sharks that's kind of like where i see myself in terms of age i'm uh, older than street sharks younger than the ninja turtles mm-hmm. i'm probably as old as the 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 cow cowmen of mumesa
0: would you have gone to high school without of africa
1: would i have gone to high <laughs> wait would i have gone to <laughs> Wait a wait second, I, I'm confused the were you born where Were you born within four years of the release of Out of Africa? <laughs> oh, when I've gone to high school. Okay, I get it. Yeah. I was like, I thought this was like a crazy like scenario where like uh, Out of Africa was like an anthropomorphic like teenager or something. Yeah. Like, you know, like there's like an account I follow on Twitter that like they take the flags of countries and turn them into anime characters. And I thought okay. this was like a, like a thing where like, this is like the anime high school version of Out of Africa. I don't know what that would be, but uh, someone, <laughs> viewers uh, or listeners. So this is just uh, for my parents, I guess, or my mom. Uh, please, mom, please uh, draw <laughs> your interpretation of what out of the uh, the movie Out of Africa would be anthropomorphized as an anime high schooler. Um, it could become a
0: T-shirt one day if so things w- really take off.
1: Mm-hmm. Th- that is true. T-shirt money, baby. Uh, I, Along with a set bear. I was born in Set Bear Setumgis. Uh, I yep. was I was born in 1991. Oh, so you would not have yeah. been in high school oh, with no. out of Africa. I would have been in eighth grade and Out of Africa would have been that cool like senior that's like, hey kid, it's gonna be all right. <laughs> I know you get bullied sometimes.
0: Like, uh, <laughs> like Randall Pink Floyd in uh, Days to Confuse just takes you out to the big party, you know, yeah. you're heading into high school. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, Again. yeah. I get I get I get to watch Out of Africa pour a milkshake on uh, uh, Julian Julia's head. Yeah. In this world, this is Street High where all the ah. high school students are Street Films. <laughs> so, my Well, this is twisted. This is twisted. Yeah, very much like uh, The Riddler. I don't know. I didn't want to say Joker. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I uh, it's like, no, Joker's too easy. Think of another one like The Ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> the, very, yeah, the lost batman villain yeah, the famously twisted ventriloquist <laughs>
0: yep but uh yeah before we jump into these riveting and very and i think we all have a lot to say about these two films uh graham what's your street story we need to know your history yeah. with meryl like what what were the first ones you saw mm-hmm. like anything stick out to you as being a favorite
2: yeah i think you know uh I knew of uh, Meryl Streep versus the, the, the legend that she is. Uh, everyone says she's a great actress, but I don't think I really even saw any movies of hers. Of course I did, but the first time I clocked her was as late as Devil Wears Prada. That's how late it was. Uh, and I was like, wow, she's great, but she carried herself with the gravitas of Meryl Streep. But I'll say the first one that I watched and loved was probably Adaptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even that one's pretty late. I mean, this is that was after all of these films we're talking about today. So, for me, it's been great to go back and watch Meryl like in her like heyday, like post seventies, but like where she's like kind of really playing like a a, a woman, like the the female experience, you know. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that's my I this I've never seen these before. So going from the devils were product <laughs> the way back and be like oh she's really good i guess she is yeah. worth having she's like the most you guys know the most decorated uh actor right yeah she, oh, yeah, it, yeah. Actor. yeah like with academy awards i guess nominations mm-hmm. and wins yeah she's uh
0: a regular at the academy awards <laughs> right. <laughs> right. a perennial guest it's it's interesting um This is something that's come up on previous episodes, Graham, but uh, adaptation did not make our brackets. Oh, wow. And uh, it's continued to come up as the movie that many of our guests have a great, like, kind of is the one that got them familiar with her. And um, the more we hear about it, the more we're wondering perhaps if we need to do some level of a runoff category Uh to get adaptation into this game because people love that film oh it's wonderful and,
1: yeah yeah, it's a great yeah. yeah because like I think that was like even my intro to or one of my intros to Streep as well and like uh, yeah I'd be it might be worth it to turn one of our brackets into like a like a wild card bracket maybe or something that's something to mull about yeah mull over how how like the only thing I can't remember because like ah oh, man when I watched an adaptation I think it was like I was 16 or 15 it was a long time like, I remember loving the movie but like it was a long time ago How big of a role does Meryl Streep have in that movie? I cannot, like, is she, like, the second, like, would you consider her, like, the second build after Nicolas Cage? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, yeah. Just, uh, I
0: mean, this is something we've run into quite a bit with Streep, too, is the fact
2: that she shares a lot of time. Well, even in these, I mean, she's the lead, but she still is kind of, like, a co-lead. It's like she's kind of, like, 2 in a lot of this stuff. Uh, she dominates, but I think that's why I didn't really clock her in adaptation because she was so good. She like blended into the fabric of the mm-hmm. film where Nicolas Cage is kind of doing this bigger, flashier, weirder thing. And uh, I think that's what watching these, I'm like, she's, she blends into the film. Yeah. She becomes one with it. It's not like she's doing anything
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's drawing attention to itself.
0: She, she's such so a I, pro. And right. yeah, she doesn't, um, yeah, she does everything that's absolutely technically right mm-hmm. for the <laughs> script that is presented to her and the character she's playing.
2: Right, I mean, compared to her co-leads in this, I mean, you have Robert Redford and Clint Eastwood who are like super manly men. Oh, and, big time. And yeah. also movie stars. They're like, their whole thing is like, hey, I'm Robert Redford, hey, I'm Clint Eastwood. Yeah. And the yeah. whole thing is like I'm the characters I play. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, 100%. You know I mean? Yeah. yeah. Cuz like especially like in Out of Africa like the cash- like Robert Redford's strength in that movie is just that he's Robert Redford. Like he's yeah. almost like a symbol. <laughs> yeah. like he's basically just a symbol in that movie of like I'm the peak ideal male. Like that's like he doesn't even try oh, the no. <laughs> that he should probably be doing. Yeah, cuz he's supposed to be I re- he's supposed to be British, I think. Yeah.
2: What? I- yeah, he's supposed to be the guy, the real guy was British. Oh, the entire time I was like, oh, yeah, Americans look so cool in this movie. But <laughs> yeah, that-
1: <laughs> I do think there is this interesting thing, though, where like in that movie, how like, yeah, it's like the, the, there's like this weird striation with like, yeah, you got the British monarchy, but then like the middlemen are all the Americans. It's like him, Dennis, and uh, who was the other guy? Shane Rimmer's character, the field hand almost. Oh, uh. like Hepburn what is it? or something uh, or Hepburn? Uh,
0: Bel- Belknap.
1: Belknap. Belknap. Yeah, Belknap. <laughs> that, that's a stingo.
0: That's a real stingo. That,
1: that is a real stingo of a name. That is, yeah, <laughs> Bel- That's just like that's like almost that's borderline a Harry Potter name.
3: Yeah. Borderline. <laughs> it's almost like,
1: like yeah. Like it's like one like blump away or like Tildy or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, like the think about like what we've
0: seen over and over again i think these two movies like really epitomize it like i know we talked last, uh, a couple weeks ago about how we we're like we wanted to see like meryl Streep do like a netflix adam sandler movie or oh, like yeah. a safety brothers movie or something like that mm, she yeah. just does classy movies like classy with a capital c movies like mm. these are handsome Big budget Hollywood productions.
1: Yeah. Oh, could I add another movie to that list of like things we'd like to see Meryl Streep in quickly? Like mm-hmm. in that in that vein, I thought of it this the other day, like in when I was sleeping. If you did Space Jam, but but Meryl Streep was the Bill Murray <laughs> character.
2: <laughs> yeah, that oh, would whip uh, yeah. so
1: much ass. That was so good. Yeah. Yeah, just like Meryl Streep playing herself. Like, oh, I guess I'll play some baseball, basketball. She's uh, great at it.
0: She's great at it. That would be the big surprise. She'd be the most surprised uh, about how good she was at basketball. She'd
1: be like, I didn't even know I was this good. And then like. I didn't know how to dribble, but I slammed (laughs) them. Maybe she like has like a relationship with Foghorn Leghorn. Who knows?
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, because everyone's like, there's a meta quality. It's like, I know it's a cartoon, but. Boys, is he! Hand- it's like, yeah, like all the guy, like the guy. I remember, like in middle school, when like Tomb Raider came out. Like, she's so hot. I'm like, yeah, she's a video game character. Okay, that's I, weird.
1: I will say this: I had a ninth grade, uh, I had a ninth grade <laughs> computer sick. teacher that, um, you know, in ninth grade we like were taught Photoshop and all these things, and he would always use photos of Laura Croft for every example. Oh my goodness! What? Very no. weird. It, no, everyone. <laughs> It was always like this is what we're going to do this is how you make it it was just like these like but it's like like PS2 Laura Croft so it's yeah, not I even like I think that's
2: a question yeah yeah oh, it yeah. was
1: it was like very cuz like I yeah cuz like the other and don't be wrong the other computer teacher she had her quirks too she was <laughs> she was a, she was obsessed with uh, I think like like condors or panda, like she was always watching like some sort of like panda cam or condor cam or one of those like animals. <laughs> but like, yeah, but like that's, that's not that's, that's not that, that's not bad compared to like yeah weird infatuation with Laura Croft. I, I mean, I, I guess, would say
2: I, like yeah, when you're 13, like all those polygram boobs, like they'll get you pretty far. Your imagination fills in the gaps. But if you're an adult, blessing after a PS2. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's weird. That's yeah. weird.
2: Yeah, it's
1: like yeah, it's like one step away from busting after like eight bit Pauline and like Donkey Kong. they
0: <laughs> like, yeah. Have you seen the paddles on Pong? Very sexy.
1: Very sexy. Damn, I want to. <laughs> Damn, I want to fuck that Pong.
0: <laughs> uh... we, um, when I was in when I was in high school, I had a, uh, I went to Catholic high school, so we had a uh, quite a few nuns. Were teachers, and um, one of them, in her, she taught history, and there was a closet in the classroom. And I, like, the second day of class, she opened it up. She had a full movie poster size poster of Tom Selleck shirtless playing beach volleyball. Oh my
3: god!
0: <laughs> and she was unapologetic about it. She was like, "I find it very handsome." Uh huh. And we were like, <laughs> Yeah, we're like sister. We all do. So yeah. I get it. <laughs> I get it. No need to apologize. But it's weird every time you open the door. It's like we're talking about the World War I. And then you open the door. Oh, there's yeah. Selick playing beach volleyball.
1: Yeah, I don't want to like every time I think of the Treaty of Versailles, I don't want to <laughs> immediately imagine three men and a baby. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, you know, that's not like mixing peanut butter and chocolate. That's like peanut butter and uh, brine.
0: You know what would be interesting too to return to Meryl Streep would be a three women and a baby. Yeah. And it's like Streep, Cher, and let's say Michelle Pfeiffer, two thirds of the Witches of Eastwick.
2: Man, I think think she could play the baby though, and we would really learn something new about the baby this time around.
1: Yes. Uh, I'm just imagining the horrifying love guru technology. Being like that, like head on a on a body, just unnerving. It breaks. It just. It doesn't just break the uncanny Valley. It shatters it. It shatters your mind with it. Bring it on. I want to. I want to taste madness. Give Speaking me of ready.
0: effects, though, Patrick, you pitched yeah. an idea before we started recording that was pretty impressive. That involves special effects. It was a sequel to a recent Martin Scorsese
1: picture. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, it'd be uh, the Irish, uh, the Irish woman. And it'd just be like a re, it'd be like a reboot of The Irishman, but you got Meryl <laughs> Streep, and it's like, and it's down to like Meryl Streep. So see, now what I'm imagining is like, like Robert De Niro's like gate, and as a young person. <laughs> but then it's like Meryl Streep's head. It's like two layers of CGI. Yeah, yeah. They so it's like no, Robert top. De
0: Niro is still playing the body. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> so it's
1: like just like the, it's like the the movements of a seventy year old man the face of like a, a 60 year old woman but, but it's like you know cleaned so it looks younger <laughs> I just kissed baby that's that's good. I'd
0: love I want to see all these movies we've we have pitched so many wonderful ideas to um to Meryl in the last few episodes <laughs> please I, who, who could forget uh, Jack and Jill and Jacques oh, in which it's yeah. uh the sequel to Adam Sandler and Al Pacino's film, Jack and Jill, but mm-hmm. now Meryl Streep is playing a Frenchman,
2: Jacques. Oh, yeah. Yes. She do great. Yeah, Didn't so... She wouldn't just do, like, a, a cheesy French accent. She would, like, go to, like, some valley and then, like, really cultivate it. Six months in a small community in
0: France. Nice. Like, a real closed-off town, just to kind of get it right.
1: See, so what I imagine, I thought Jack and Jill and Jacques was... Uh... Meryl oh, Streep would be in the Al Pacino role. Like she's and like, you know, Sandler
0: is playing Jacques.
1: Yes, there yes. we go. Okay,
0: baby. yeah, that's that's <laughs> even better. She <laughs> is yeah, lusting. You're
1: right. She is lusting for Jacques. She wants <laughs> yes. she wants to hang out with his ratatouille. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, I've had three hours well. of sleep. Just want to let you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> three hours of sleep, five hours of sleep. You do the math.
2: Yeah. So that's not we people, uh
1: that's how people should live from now on. Three hours of sleep, five hours of street.
2: <laughs> I, I, I think that that, uh, yeah. Recommends
0: Dr. A recommended. Street. I mean, you know, I think uh, not to get too political here, but Trump's doctor, that's what he prescribed Trump to get over uh, to beat the damn COVID.
1: That's to, to beat the damn or... COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why he's been walking around talking like Julia Child. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's horrifying. Except, you know what? He sucks so
0: he probably wanted more of the Julie side of that movie
1: uh, that would make him the <laughs> ultimate villain yeah. I would hate him I would hate him more for that than anything
0: folks we gotta get rid of the Julia Child part of the movie
1: <laughs> I'm making a sequel and it's just it's all Amy Adams yeah. it's about Amy Adams writing a blog yeah. I'm the Joker yeah. or the Riddler or the Ventriloquist wow wow we are off to a hot start today. <laughs> <laughs> uh man you're you're not uh potting with me oh wait no i did that the other way don't worry about it. <laughs> yes. well, why don't we um uh, the rorschach quote <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was gonna rorschach. I was rorschach in a bit hey uh, I've yeah. had, i had five only had five hours of streep. you know you're gonna you're gonna rorschach a bit if you don't have five hours of streep. yeah now that's a quote for a t-shirt yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally a great a great one a great quote that would just mystify any uh i would love i can't i can't wait 800 years from now society as we know it's gone aliens are coming archaeologists they're coming they go to like my house they find my skeleton you know they find my pharrell hat the skeleton of a rat under my head uh, under the pharrell hat but then they find the shirt i'm wearing and it says five hours of Streep, and you're gonna rorschach or whatever and they're going to think that's like the first t- letter of the bible or some shit they're gonna, like i can't i can't wait it's going to
0: be the um, opposite of um, kind of you know you see those wonderful like cave drawings and everyone's like oh wow there was like a real civilized civilization <laughs> Back in these days, and so they're gonna find that T-shirt and like things really went downhill.
1: Yeah this this <laughs> didn't this didn't work well. Yeah,
0: this was the society that created pen. the pyramids.
1: <laughs> this hat though, that 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 I will wear, and then the aliens start wearing the Farel hats. That's pretty funny to me.
0: Yeah, well, that <laughs> that's gonna last. We know that.
1: I like that hat. It's a funny hat. The yeah. hats the hats good.
2: Were, were um, you, I, were you oh, yeah, guys ahead, able girl. to tell? Were you guys able to tell Meryl Streep? I mean, I didn't know. She was Italian in Bridges of Madison County, but oh, I yeah. was like, what? Where is she from? I mean, maybe you guys already knew that she was Italian going into it, but I was like, what accent is this? Like, neither one of them. Were yeah, guys- I, I knew ahead of time.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, they. Um, I think someone in the uh, first scene... In the, uh, the really boring, by the way, like the the probably the worst part of the movie, like the stuff with the kids, like I think... Oh, yes. All right, yeah. let's,
0: let's, let's jump into Bridges. Yeah, let's we're just jump into it. it here.
1: We're jumping off the bridge yeah. into the river.
0: Let me give you a few numbers here before we get into it. Uh, released in 1995 based on the best-selling novel of the same name by Robert James Waller. Directed by and starring Clint Eastwood and with Meryl Streep. The movie was released June 2nd, 1995, Budget of 22 million, box office 182 million, so quite successful.
2: Yep.
0: Um, Clint Eastwood, I like this fact. Uh, he was given a 52 day schedule to shoot the movie. He got done in 42. Very oh, Clint. Yeah. Very Clint. Um, the movie received a, not again, folks, we don't like Rotten Tomatoes. We don't, we don't agree with it. <laughs> but we're going to give it to you. It got a 90% fresh with a uh, consensus status, sentimental, slow, schmaltzy, and very satisfying. Bridges (laughs) of Madison County finds Clint Eastwood adapting a bestseller with heft, wit, and grace. Received one Academy Award nomination. I think we can all guess it was for best actress, Meryl Streep. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, we can jump into things right away before we talk Streep's performance by Ripping into her kids in the film really, really hard. Apparently, this was a Spielberg choice. He, he, Amblin was one of the producers on the film, and he came up with the bracketing device of having the children going through, Uh, much like his bracketing in Saving Private Ryan with the old man in the cemetery. I disagree.
2: All right.
1: (laughs) Weird. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I didn't think of this movie as like an is it like is it is it an Amblin? no it can't be right no it is an
2: ambulance
1: film yeah (laughs) wow it is like that's so weird but it actually kind of like it does have a bit of that energy like it does have a bit of that like and maybe it is i don't know like and i'm not saying it's like good or bad but there is definitely like the more you think about it the more it has maybe it's just the fact that it's so like um, uh, unabashedly americana
0: it's unabashedly americana it's and also just a straight up melodrama. Yeah. Like it's very and I and I don't think that that's I don't say that is to be derisive.
2: Mm. Right. I think it's, like, it's I think it really works at that. But Kathleen Kennedy, I think, was the other main producer on this. So it was Kathleen Kennedy, who is now head of Lucasfilms. Yeah. Uh, and Spielberg's longtime producer. So it may have been just she was reading it. I don't know, but it's like, you know, I can imagine her being like, this shit is hot let's make it but I guess um yeah I guess they
0: they bought the um bought the rights to the book before it was published Uh they had a sixth sense that it was going to be uh sensational uh, and apparently the book is quite steamy Mm -hmm. I bet to say that this movie wasn't steamy
2: it was definitely it was withholding enough to make it feel not because I think the whole thing for me was like you can't transgress too far because you want her to be a good person. Like she's yes. struggling against, and if you just had like, you know, them like going crazy all the time, you'd be like, okay, uh, the you need a little bit of that conflict yeah. between. And I thought they walked that line pretty well. You know? I think uh, it's a. It's me, I just
0: think it hits so many notes of what make successful Clint Eastwood movies successful Clint Eastwood movies. And, you know, kind of starts with the economy. They got that one opening scene before her kids and her husband leave for the state fair where she makes them all the food. She gives them, a, I don't know if you guys caught the huge plate of white bread that she uh, passed out to everyone. Uh, but she's clearly working her butt off and none of them talk to her or say thank you when they oh, yeah. sit down for food. And it's, so he immediately establishes this need for warmth and this need for connection that the Francesca character feels and he does it so you know he he recognizes too how and we'll see that in Africa as well how strong she is when she's not doing any dialogue
1: right oh big time well what's interesting too is it she is so good at like I feel like Meryl Streep's one of the few actors that can pull this off she can be she's like in this movie not in out of Africa as much but in this film there's like a Twitchiness is almost too much, but she's always like kinetic. She's very kinetic in this film, moving her hands, moving around. Uh, and uh, it almost reminds me of like, I, God, I'm going to reference uh, the uh, season one of The Wire, the first episode, it's commentary, <laughs> the commentary of us <laughs> referencing the commentary of The Wire where they, uh, they, uh, they, uh, they were, I forget who was talking, but they were talking about Peter Garrett, Garrity as the judge. And Mm -hmm. if you see in The Wire, uh, the judge is always like eating something or trying to open a candy or like mixing tea together. And uh, it's like his, it was like Peter Garrity's way of like being authentic or like being a real person, like a lived in person is like always having an action, something to do while you're giving dialogue or whatever. And I think like Meryl Streep is like a, I think she does a great job of that sort of acting where she's like, she's always like in motion and it's not in a way that's like ridiculous. And uh, like it adds to her performance, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
2: Yeah, She's, um, I, I, oh yeah, go ahead, Grant. Well, I, it's going to sound a little cheesy, but off of that, um, doing some acting in my college years, <laughs> uh, they, they, one of the things is Bertolt Brecht was a theater director and oh, and yeah, yeah, and then he had the jet, the idea of a justice like a physicality that summarizes the character, and mm-hmm. I thought, and so for her physicality like in bridges she's like clutching her arm she's like clutching her torso all the time she's like holding herself in physically and i was like and she's touching her chest she's a very like chest and arm Mm -hmm. centered person so i was like i i mean whatever she does like whatever processes is very because you're right she's kinetic she's like trying to keep from exploding and
1: it, yeah it is interesting too because she's like yeah, it's like this combination of like sensual but also like nervous and on edge like it's like this weird tightrope she walks uh, that mirrors her character we're like yeah it's like because uh, she knows like the ramifications of what she's doing on one hand but on the other hand it's like this is her only fucking chance to have a have been swearing too much this is her only chance to have like a, a relationship something real you know
0: Mm-hmm. When, when a hunk that listens shows up at her doorstep oh, damn. you know she's it's gonna be hard to uh get away from that but I, I one thing i really love is that the way they use the kitchen set in oh. this film that uh, it feels like a play in all the scenes they're in the kitchen together on and he lets them really like i love the first hour quite a bit of just before they actually get physical with each other yes kind of the way they get to he lets them live in the moment of getting to know each other. And she brings, I mean, we've talked a little bit about this before her, the way she works with her co-stars mm. and brings stuff out in them. I and mean, have you guys ever seen Clint Eastwood, this soft and uh, like vulnerable on screen. It's I think he was incredible in the film. And I think a huge part of that is him reacting to her.
1: Oh, big time. I think this is the, I'll oh, be real. I think this is my, might be in my top three Eastwood performances now. Because it's the only time I've ever seen Eastwood. Like, he's so vulnerable. Like, he has this huge moment in the end of the movie. And it's like, uh, it's like you almost see him cry. Now, they don't give you the tears. They don't give you the Eastwood cry. <laughs> you know, they tantalize yeah. it. They don't give it to you, but they tantalize it. But it's like, it's just like I've never seen him that. Like, I mean, maybe there's obviously other. I'm not like a huge Eastwood head, so like, Dow Donald is the no, there isn't, there isn't,
0: there isn't, yeah, no.
1: Um, and then
0: just, a, <laughs> but it's, it's just really like, surprising he let himself go to this place,
1: it's incredible. And then, like, on top of like, I just want to like uh, add on top of what you were saying too about the the house, like, it's like a play, it's almost like not only is it like a play, it's almost like a museum like it has like this it's so like specifically of an era like it's so like i don't know i feel like we're it's almost like it has like the vibe and energy of like uh, it's like we it's like we're going on a tour of like some you know we're like those places where you get to see like people churn butter like pilgrims or whatever like it's almost has like that like that like uh and I think it's like, and it's and I and I say that in a loving way because it has, like, it's just, I think it's like the love, the, the attention to detail that only someone who would run a place that churns butter like Pilgrims would have. Like, you, you have think, to love. Um,
0: Clint Eastwood knows this place. Like, he grew, he, I don't, like, I don't know if he grew up and went to, because ha- he was certainly alive in the time period mm-hmm. that this movie is set in. Oh, yeah. Right. And I think that, you know, I think he would, have an idea of what this kitchen looked like or this house looked like
1: definitely and it's and it's it's just yeah it's interesting it's like a and it's on it's also like i feel like this is like an interesting like uh this is such a time that's like lauded as the it's like lauded as the good old days like the 50s the 60s like you know kind of like and then then on top of that you're in like the heartland of america (laughs) and it is like it is fascinating just how like Stoic. Everyone is like, it, it's like a weird. It's like almost like a. It's like an indictment, a little bit of the. And I don't want yeah, to say. I got, indictment.
0: I got that. I no. I actually kind of because uh, it is an Eastwood film, and I don't think most of his films are, in one way or the other, with some shades of gray around them. Mm-hmm. A bit of his opinion, right? And I think that his discomfort with small town Americana and like the gossips and stuff like that Mm -hmm. was all over this movie. Oh, big time. And I also think, um, I don't know. I, I noticed this actually in the mule recently as well. (laughs) He clearly has a complicated relationship with his children and the way he has the, her children react to that journal, especially the, the right wing son
3: yeah oh boy
0: that character (laughs) christian yeah yeah yeah. and i I was wondering like because we thought it was aiden quinn for the first few minutes that guy was on screen yeah and we're like this is such a prestigious movie couldn't they have gotten like two like a little more nuanced actors to play these two
1: kids well here's my take on that though i think the casting kind of like i think it's like they it's like a it's like a not a critique but it, it demonstrates how like out, a fish out of water Meryl Streep is in this world because like the thing is is like there's only two actors in it really. It's Meryl yeah. Streep and Clint Eastwood. Everyone else like the biggest name I guess is Annie Corley, which I can't really name anything she's been in like I feel like with any other person or if this movie was made maybe later, I don't know like I could see a world where they would have gotten like you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman to play the son, or like they yeah. would have gotten bigger named actors or whatever. But
0: I think he would have some... said that it is a Christian line so well. But uh, <laughs> oh, he would have. Can
1: he I, would have I, made. I,
2: I just want to share my dream casting from this time era, and okay. I was like, because I felt the same way. I'm like, why well, we have these two superstars, yeah, and then yeah. we have to cut back to these. They're they're fine actors, but they just can't. You're like, get back to this thing, yeah, oh, but this may be not the best, but I wanted Michael Keaton and, <laughs> and Carrie Fisher for some reason. They're very like that age, but they're also that 80s young person. I don't know. I felt like I wanted a little bit more freshness uh, and uh, uh, electricity from the kids, but the kids felt very, I don't know. They, they did fine, but it was just like, I don't care about them. I don't care about their marriage.
1: Well, I think it's yeah. kind of like
2: both of them. Like the the
0: daughter discovers that she's had bad sex, mm-hmm. and the son discovered sex. Yeah, it seems <laughs> like by the end of the movie. Yeah, like
1: by by the end, he's like, every time I see someone, I get horny. Like that's basically yeah. like I feel like get a line similar to that or something. Or like
0: I understand my mom, and I understand that she's horny.
1: Yeah, <laughs> honorably horny horny with honor uh, yeah,
0: yeah but, he, but, I, but i yeah oh you go sorry yeah yeah he was just so offended
1: oh by her
0: sexuality and i just i don't know if i have actually even seen that in like a mainstream movie before like a character who was that conservative was really yeah. interesting and, and all, it was a little un- uncomfortable it was like why do you care so much about your mom 30 years ago like Doing this? Like, everyone's dead, everyone's gone. And how upset he was. Who gets cremated? Who gets cremated? <laughs> that, that was,
1: was his,
2: really threw me. Yeah. That
1: was weird. That was like, yeah, only freaks get cremated. Like that was his energy. Like, you only bastards get cremated. <laughs> My mother was not a street rat. She deserves to be buried <laughs> in the ground. She's not an Aladdin.
2: <laughs> oh, I you you guys have mentioned before we started recording, like uh hearing about Uh, Patrick, you said you didn't even know about the Bridges of Madison County. Not at all. This is my, this is what I knew about it. Uh, I grew up in the church and Uh at some point when it was released our pastor was basically like, and there's this movie out about a woman that has an affair with a man Clint Eastwood. And you know what? Hollywood's just glorifying adultery. And that's what's out in the world. And watching it now, I'm like it's not about Adultery. It's not a, I mean, that's definitely part of it in the complications of life, but that's what I thought the whole time was like this, like, I don't know, you're going to get cremated? You're going to sleep around on your husband? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You that's, thought... that's definitely the world. You know, yeah. That
1: time. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. It, like, yeah, there is like a, he, he, especially like his, his, his character, like there's like an air of licentiousness that you think will occur. Uh, can you? Oh, uh, hey, okay, good. First, one second I thought. Sorry, guys. <laughs> my, uh, my, I thought I lost, uh, lost contact for a second. But um, like he adds, like, yeah, he he makes it seem like the film will be much more licentious and like, uh, uh, scintillating than perhaps it actually is. Also, mm-hmm. like, I feel like his, and especially in the beginning, that actor. I think his name is Victor Slezak. Yeah, Sleaz, he he he. It's like he's playing an, an evil '80s lawyer. <laughs> but that's the way he's like delivering lines. Yeah. Like <laughs> like I want to destroy this condo.
0: We're also like thrown in very Clint Eastwood style. We're just like thrown into it. We don't know what any of their relationships are. Like when he sends his wife away, I'm like I thought that was another sister cuz she asked if there was something in the will for her. Oh yeah. <laughs> but that's another Clint thing. I'm like I wonder if like Clint's like how many of my bastard kids want to be in my will. <laughs> 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 oh man but i thought um do you guys think um that the uh bathtub love scene was the inspiration for cialis's 10-year bathtub ad campaign
2: <laughs> yeah very sensual yeah
0: yeah, yeah. i think I, so too to see a couple a uh, couple of mature lived-in adults making love in a tub <laughs>
1: yeah i mean i personally i would have uh, i would have preferred instead of yeah, the the uh the the tub making love if just like um if like Meryl uh, if uh, one of them like maybe like I don't know one of them like they both go into a room and then like Clint Eastwood like leaves the room and he has a huge smile and then it's like an inspiration for the Enzyte the B- Enzyte Bob commercials and he gives a big thumbs up <laughs> it gives a big thumbs up. And then it's like, yeah, and then some. And then the, that would have been beautiful because then some little scamp who uh, wanted to become the next Spielberg will, will, would have watched that, and then 10 years later when he was directing, a, you know, an Endside commercial, would have been like, thank you, Bridges of Madison County.
0: Inspiration. <laughs> but I, I, I will say that the, um, yeah, I thought, there was, I actually thought, you know, to get down to it, I thought this movie was pretty darn close to being a masterpiece. I thought it was really, really good. I think the kids take a step back and i think that the um the ending the scene in the rain where they're like looking at each other and he's almost crying that patrick alluded to Mm -hmm. is truly a great like emotional climax oh man i was genuinely like and the way he shot it with her hand slowly reaching toward the um the uh the handle to get out of the car and just the back and forth, and her husband not noticing that her his wife was in the middle of like an absolute emotional break. <laughs> yeah, um, and I will. Was- cl- the saddest, the saddest look Clint Eastwood has ever had on his face. Oh yeah, I was genuinely moved. I just think um, it was kind of necessary, but I it was hard to know that there was another 15 minutes in the movie. Too many that epilogues. Oh, yeah. It had a few too many endings. It kind of kept it away from being like an absolute Clint banger, which I think it actually was, but there were a few a few little things. And I, I if Clint needs my notes, I'm willing to uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. send them yeah. his way. All, all I'm gonna say is, yeah, there were so many, uh, there were so many epilogues, like it's like halfway through it, I was expecting uh, the Eagles to come in and save Meryl Streep.
2: Another Lord of the Rings.
1: Like why here? Like because Return of the King had like five endings. There we go. That's the reference.
2: My friend Francesca, you bow to no one. (laughs) I mean, Uh, you you know, you're maybe maybe since it was a Spielberg thing, they just couldn't imagine committing to a sexy love story in the '60s or whatever, and just because imagine it just started there, like with a flashback and then it ended maybe with her getting the national geographic or something. But I mean, like really just committing to this world because I felt like it diluted it every time you're popping back and forth and mm. I don't want to see them get old and like her give her and her husband be like, Oh, you know, your dreams, you never got your dreams. I mean, all that stuff is like superfluous. I don't think realistically he would even notice that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. he's like a. It's interesting because, like, I feel like it's almost like she has like a, and I, and this is going back to like how they cast the movie. So the the husband, no name actor as well. Like I think it's they're purposely casted like no names for all these roles because they wanted to show you like how dreary, like, like her, like right. she's like the only person that like pops out in this world, or like she yeah. feels that way to a certain degree, and like uh... Oh, man, I have already forgotten the point I was going to make. <laughs> what, what, what were we talking <laughs> I think but, we were just talking about the um,
0: the endings and just kind of how this movie at its core, this yeah. every scene that her and East would have mm-hmm. really, really pops. Oh, 100%. Got a great chemistry together. She brings something out in him that I don't think any co-star, in particular, female co-star has ever brought out in him mm-hmm. he genuinely like even though those scenes where they're telling stories in the kitchen and they cut back to the shots of him listening to her he's engaged yeah mm-hmm. and it's all because what she's bringing to the table i mean i don't even know if he's he's certainly i don't think he's worked with an actor of her level
1: no i don't think so it might be the best like i'm going through all the the roller decks in my head and that honestly might be like the strongest because it's not like he's worked with like any of the, like, you know, other greats, right? Like I'm trying to think I'm, I'm, I'm racking my brain here.
0: Well, he just doesn't do a lot of, um, romantic, like truly like Mm -hmm. he, he, unfortunately he's done quite a few movies where he's had a girlfriend who he doesn't really give much to and Mm -hmm. he he gets laid and, you know, then goes off and does shoots people. Um, (laughs) but he, uh, hasn't done like yeah like a straight up romance like this film and it goes to show I mean this is one of the reasons why I love his films and I'm just fascinated with him is kind of the constant contradictions constant weird moves and directions like the second you think you have him kind of pinned down you see a movie like Bridges of Madison County you're like wait what is his deal and (laughs) it just gets more weirder it gets weirder and weirder, and but also, like, richer. Yeah. His filmography becomes richer. It's not just, like, Dirty Harry 4.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> right. And he made this movie on a run with um, Unforgiven and uh, Perfect World, which are both, obviously, Unforgiven, but Perfect World is an yeah. excellent movie, too. And he just was on a real nice streak here in the early to mid-90s.
1: Yeah, this movie has big unforgiven energy. Like, this, mm-hmm. it has a similar like I don't know, like because like I feel like unforgiven is a similar thing in the sense of like showing you like the Wild West isn't as pretty as you remember it. It yeah. isn't just John Wayne being wacky and shit.
0: Yeah, and I think um,
1: yeah, yeah that's, that's what he's yeah. saying. Wacky Wayne, that's what they called yeah, him. True. Yeah. <laughs> sure that's did. why
0: uh, John Ford grabbed him out of the no name bin and said, "You're gonna be a star, <laughs> yeah. Duke.
1: Yeah. You're you're wacky as hell. Yeah.
0: I love it." Hella funny. I mean, I he's he hasn't been born yet, but you remind me of Jim Carrey.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you remind me of a certain Canadian sperm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think. think uh, oh, yeah. Go well, ahead. Grant. I'll just
2: say uh, what I what I enjoyed about uh, Bridges is that you know you'd be like oh, it's a four four day affair. Like, okay, I get it, but they really did find a way to break up each day. And every time they kind of turned a little bit, you know, like Clint's character is very cool. He's kind of like the wise one, but then they managed to kind of tilt the power dynamics throughout, it's not just that. And even the, I think the scene that I was really worried about not working is when she kind of gets jealous about him and she's like, you're just gonna leave. And this is what you do all over the place with a lesser actor you'd be like oh my god this is not fly but she really managed to make that jealousy a real thing Mm -hmm. i think you can also compare it because i believe there's almost the exact same scene
0: in out of africa Mm
3: -hmm.
0: right and it doesn't work as well in out of africa we'll Well, get to that in a little bit but uh but i agree
1: Cause that's like the other scene too, where like, that's the other scene where Clint Eastwood like almost cries, I think, where he does like that turn away. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, that turn away. I was like, give me more Clint. I want you to do this in every movie. I know that
0: this movie creates this like absolute like fantasy realm of like, what if Clint Eastwood had just done like romantic leads?
1: (laughs) Yeah, what, what if he was a total hunko? He, a total well, a total When he when he
0: pops that shirt and that sixty five year old Clint Eastwood's on display, you're yeah. like, oh, those guys still got it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like the one thing the one thing I will say about is that you could t- he is kind of perfect, but like, yeah. he is like the epitome of like. And he's giving himself a very, like, like, oh, I get to play, like, the greatest man ever kind of <laughs> kind of role.
1: It is insane. He's basically, because at some point in the movie, I was like, okay, there has to be, like, a hitch with this dude. He has to be, like, doing this everywhere he goes. And, you know, I will give one thing to the movie's credit. Like, I guess, it's, I guess that by the end of the movie, you're pretty sure that he's, like, a perfect person, but there is still, yeah. like, that chance maybe he's, like, had Christina's around the world or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah he basically plays like a Norman Rockwell painting come to life or like like if like yeah one of the the lesser works of Grant Wood was given life by a genie like that's like <laughs> <laughs> like American Gothic 2 or whatever uh, no you know what Grant Wood's too mean it has to be Norman Rock, yeah. <laughs> Rockwell yeah it can't be Grant Wood's too dark di- because like because like he's like a boy scout it is pretty like I don't think he swears he never like raises his voice
0: but he also does things like he immediately offers to help her like with dinner. He does the dishes. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's like exceed, yeah, he's exceedingly polite. He listens
2: so Forget well. She, she says all the time, she's like, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> he was like, like, Hey, would you like me to clean up after dinner? She's like, well, yeah, well that's nice. Yeah. yep regales there with tales of a gorilla like what was that story about like <laughs> yeah like we that. need to but... stop and talk about that because he was raped by a gorilla is that what it is
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, that seemed to be the Like, oh, i guess i'm marrying this gorilla i was like what <laughs> like did the end of to the end of old boy old boys happen to this man <laughs> or what's that movie? Um, old, uh, old dogs, not old boys. Have you guys old seen the movie? Old, <laughs> old dogs, they old, old boys big, is yeah. a very different movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, Francesca was actually his daughter. He oh <laughs> yeah, no,
1: no, not yeah, no, it's not about the, the head. Uh, yeah. Robin Williams, uh, John Travolta, smash. old, yeah, all, yeah, old dogs, yeah. Where uh, it's heavily implied that Seth Green uh, has sex with a gorilla, very against his will, in a kid's movie. As like the
0: um, like the end of uh, Gremlins two, when the sexy female Gremlin propositions Robert Picardo, and he's like, eh, "I guess."
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, to be fair, that 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 Gremlin fine as hell.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go back to that Laura Croft conversation.
1: <laughs> Give me yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, you know if, if only if they can make those. Uh, they need to make the the boobs a little more triangular. But if they can.
0: If your computer lab teacher had consistently put up the sexy female gremlin, then I'm like saying, I get it. I get it, my man.
1: Enrolling uh, my kids in that school. Don't care if they're not old enough. Yeah, they're in.
0: <laughs> they're in. It's like, uh, but uh, one thing I wanted to bring up was uh, the casting of Francesca. Mm-hmm. Uh, little, that I guess the, the author championed Isabella Rossellini mm-hmm. to wow. play Francesca. And um, Spielberg's list included Angelica Houston, Jessica Lange, Mary McDonnell, Cher, and Susan Sarandon. And apparently Spielberg was very reluctant about Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. And But Clint Eastwood advocated for her from the very start. That we, she was his number one choice. Wow.
1: Fascinating.
2: So, yeah. I will say yeah. I was a little surprised that she was playing an Italian woman. Like, aesthetically, she doesn't seem italian yeah i I,
1: yeah i was gonna say like yeah like there's almost like a a move like a version of this like i'd rather i almost rather her be irish or something or like i feel like you could make the same film and have her be from like yeah, ireland or scotland or something you know like i i don't yeah because it is kind of and it's also like she'll like it's like one thing that always annoys me in movies is like she'll like speak English and by herself, like in a room by herself, and it's like shouldn't she be speaking Italian? I don't know. Although yeah. oh, that's, not, that's not like a, that's not like a critique on her performance. Like the performance is good. It's just like, that's like my one pet peeve in a film is when someone who like doesn't speak English as their first language is speaking English as their first language in a in a room by themselves, mainly just for the sake of the audience so they can understand. Like um,
0: Sophie's choice, she was doing a lot of that where she was going back and forth between language a lot yeah. more.
1: Definitely, yeah, they had a better, yeah, they had, she had a, yeah, I agree. My, my guess
0: is that one take, Clint didn't really give a shit.
1: hundred uh, <laughs> percent,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will but say, uh, like,
2: her, her first, her physicality felt very much like a, Italian countryside. Yeah. Very sturdy and strong and, like, working on the farm. It lo- I, I think she,
0: took, I mean, I don't have any evidence of that, but you know, if you've ever seen any, like, the Italian neorealism movies, like, Rome Open City or something like that, you definitely see a lot of what she's doing in those actors, and I think she was definitely taking a cue from, like, someone like Anna Magnani in that movie, or um, The Fugitive Kind that she, that, that actress did in America with Marlon Brando, but it's definitely, like, this earthy sensuousness that, um, Meryl is kind of like Graham you brought up so well it's like she's doing battle with Mm -hmm. that versus the kind of conservative Iowa expectations and that does lead to her kind of being like a coiled beast almost (laughs) until you know Robert Kincaid shows up and really
2: makes things happen. Right I mean I think that's part of it too is like why is she Italian does she because I mean you could have made it just in a farm Girl, but there is a reason why
1: I I would, you know, I would argue that like that that adds to like because it's interesting. That's like a weird, like, you get like this feeling that she had a different idea of what America would be like when she came here. And I think like having her be Italian, she's like an outsider in rural America, and she's an outsider in the America, like, it's not the America she anticipated or the America, like, you have a feeling that there's like an alternate reality or not an alternate reality, but like. If in a in the world that she wanted, she probably would have lived in the city, or like she would have had like a more access to culture and life, and like at the very least, like you know, uh, deeper intimate relationships. And I think like having her be like this, I think it just like it adds to her fish out of waterness, her feeling of being out of place. And then on top of that, her desire of wanting something greater that uh, she probably feels that she was like you know almost promised by like the, the, the opportunity of America. Like, you know, like it's, it's uh, probably, yeah, it's like, it's probably, I, I think she's not a parochial person. And I think Clint Eastwood like allows her to like, you know, kind of live that fantasy. And then that's funny too. Cause on top of that, like Clint Eastwood is like, arguably like, he's such a farm boy in this movie. So she, his care even though he's worldly, he is like Norman. It's such a weird fusion of Norman Rockwell and like, I've traveled the world. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, yeah, it's almost like a, like a non-fictional Indiana Jones or something. Like, <laughs> like, 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 yeah, just like that level of like, you know, I've traveled and I'm worldly, but I'm also like a farm boy. That's like the only other person, by the way, I think that could have done this role is Harrison Ford for the Clint Eastwood role. I think he's the only other actor I think that could fill that void.
0: Well, yeah, and I think one thing I've been wanted, wanted to bring up, too, is that Harrison Ford would be more age-appropriate.
1: Mm, Clint Eastwood <laughs> is
0: clearly much older than Meryl Streep. But, oh, totally. And um, I, I would have loved to see Harrison Ford in this part. I think yeah. he would have um, been
2: great. Yeah, I would have loved to see he's, Mary.
1: You go first. You go first, sorry.
2: Well, i was just say Harrison Ford is great. I mean, he's one of my favorites, but I've never been able to see him access that depth of vulnerability. And Clint Eastwood, being that old, kind of adds this extra. Like, even in Harrison Ford's age, he's still not been able to be fully open to the camera. That's so I think that's something that uh, I was surprised that Eastwood brought to this whole thing. Yeah. That he could be that mortal of a character. <laughs> you know? yeah. I think uh, Harrison Ford would go in and he would say some really great jokes. would be super cool. He would... Look great, water it, clean himself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, but I think uh, yeah, I, I'm just surprised that I I can't think of many superstars like on Clint Eastwood's level that would be able to play a human part like that. Yeah,
0: you can't. Um, I mean, you know, I think Clint, especially due to his age, is like something that you compare him to people like you know, like Charles Bronson. Or somebody uh, like that. No and um, yeah, I don't see Bronson doing Robert see. Kincaid.
2: No way. Right. And yeah, I think man, like I think right now.
0: the only actor that came to my mind while I was watching it, and I think he's just a little too much, who's about the same age was would have been Burt Reynolds, which is another weird option for the part. But yeah. you know, he Bert or you know, I mean like another guy who was been past was Steve McQueen.
2: Mm. So that, that's a little bit closer to the kind of the artist vulnerable mm-hmm. side. I think he's, because even like Eastwood, like he's a kick-ass dude, but he always had an air of vulnerability or mystique yeah. behind or, him.
1: Or like honor. Like, I feel like he has like an air of like, he has, I feel like there's like a level of, I don't know, even if the standards are sometimes arbitrary. Like, I feel like he, I've seen him in movies and he'll be like disgusted by people doing bad things in ways that, like, other, and he'll, like, visibly, it's, like, when he, like, when he's, like, yes, drinking. as yes, yes, he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, he does it in, like, a way, like, it's, like, I think about him, like, that, you know, the gif of him, uh, or gif, or whatever the fuck it is, uh, him drinking the coffee in Gran Torino, or whatever, like, that, like, I don't think any other of those, I, I, I don't know, I think he has, like, a, yeah. a moral compass that shines through his work in his books. Right.
0: Yeah, kind of a weird, very individualistic, somewhat twisted moral compass yeah it's not a good because i'm saying it's a good compass
1: but it's like you know it's it's like uh it's like almost like uh like honorable it's weirdly honorable i don't know
0: but also nobody has like his longevity Mm. i mean we were just talking about he just signed on to direct and star in another movie like the last two weeks it's called cry macho and i'm gonna be first in damn
1: line for it
0: Now 91
1: baby is 91 yeah. or, or 92 91.
0: well he'll be he'll be around 91 when it comes out
1: oh my god that's a, yeah. I mean, that kind of rips actually that's kind of no cool. he, I, he rules <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i can't wait
2: he's
0: he's ne- <laughs> he's never gonna die and he's gonna make 600
2: movies <laughs> I, I will say this about meryl streep though watching them two together showed me how few tricks he has, like he did a great job and he definitely kept up with her. But the more intense the emotion, the more I saw him kind of pulling back. Like she really kind of, like imagine their last dinner together yeah. and she's doing so much and he, he's doing great. Like you said, he turned away mm-hmm. or he was just like, listen to her. But she, she was just like, alive, like uh, moving. I was thinking like there's a lot of jazz. He's kind of like the drums and bass kind of just keeping this constant rhythm and she's kind of just doing these melodies all over his. And that's fine, but that's what I think is really astounding is that she's able to do this huge range of uh, physicalities and emotion that uh, makes me appreciate, you know, actors that can do that. There's not many
0: yeah she's
2: um she's really alive in this performance right.
0: yeah
1: mm-hmm. that is such a great example like the whole like yeah he's like the rhythm section she's like lead guitar or whatnot or saxophone or whatever and like yeah they're they're playing with you the, like they are like it is a performance that they're doing together and it is like her like getting to strut her stuff a bit while he is like kind of manning the fort like you need she needs that board to she needs that stodgy board to bounce off of.
3: <laughs> yeah, and he is right. like
1: a, he is just I love I love Clint Eastwood. He is like, he is like just so stoic. He is a he, like he is like the he just has like this. But it worked. It fits perfectly. Like his stodgy energy is used so so effectively in this film. Yeah, yeah. No, and I
0: think um, as a director too, he gives space to the like his minimalist style, his kind of unobtrusive style really this story kind of was able to shine. I think within that, that he didn't try too many things. He like sets it up. He knows he's got her. He knows he's got himself. So he's going to just like, let it play out because that's what we want to see. It's like what Graham, what you were saying about cutting back to his kids. It's like, no, we just want to see him set up. It's a pretty normal close-up, medium shot, two shot kind of stuff and let these two <laughs> characters and these two actors and stars sing
2: right so yeah, i think... it's funny too Is like the the sex is probably the least interesting part at least for me i mean it's it's satisfying and but it's like it's all the seduction leading up to it and It's their fight and then it's them deciding they're gonna leave and then but it's all the other stuff and the, the very full days yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs>
1: And I, and, I, and I love, like, I respect, like, the, the pacing of this movie, how, like, they, they really let you linger in it. And I loved, and I wish, they, like, for the first hour of this movie, there's almost no, comp- comp- like, composure, uh, original score. Like, there's almost no music. And you, all you hear is, like, occasionally they'll have a song on the, on the uh, record player, almost like gramophone. Uh, that's a reference to a later <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, um,
0: the needle drop the needle drops actually i mean i know clint is a big music fan but they really underscored their talking scenes well like it felt so natural that they'd be listening to the radio and those songs and just kind of like luxuriating in the kind of the tempo of those those um those tunes
1: oh yeah and like and on top of that like there are so many like this movie could have been like out of africa in the sense of like out of africa starts out could with have been john out john barry like yeah could have been in africa uh john barry is just like uh immediately like you know he's hamming it up and god bless it like i like this i actually do like the score of out of africa like, i think it is like a good score yeah. but like like uh they could have done something like that in this movie and in the second half, they sort of half ass it a little bit. It's not half-assed, that's rude. But like, yeah. eh, it's like a little, like they do a little piano thing and it has like a little score by the end of it. But in the first hour, you're just like, all you hear is ambience, those needle drops, cicadas. Like, I love like all that, like that, like, and, 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 and like, I don't know. Like, I think like this, I think musical scores can sometimes take away from a performance or an experience. Cause like they, they try to dictate what you're supposed to feel in the moment and just uh being able to watch these two it it, it just it it makes you feel like you're just watching them you're watching something happen as opposed to like being told how to respond to their relationship I guess
0: yeah definitely I agree I agree I think um it's yeah it's very we're kind of putting their shoes it's like watch just like we're getting to know them we're kind of feeling it out okay where are they gonna go with this and kind of the um I mean, like, the little moments, like, when she gets in the car and he, like, reaches over for the cigarettes.
1: Man, that moment. It
0: it caused Jen to, like, go, oh, (laughs) it's just kind (laughs) of, like, oh, it's, like, this, like, nice little nuanced setups So good. As we kind of just ease our way into their
1: relationship. And, like, also, like, it's so fascinating how like she's so snoopy in the movie, but he's like a journalist. He's like the ultimate snoopster, and there are so <laughs> many times where like yeah, like he he out. there's times where like I think he like sees her snooping around and is like cool. It's so like that whole dynamic was fascinating because she's like always like peeking through like like the. She, she's pretty
0: withholding though. Like we were saying, like she doesn't. She's oh never- no, she's.
1: Yo, she's super nervous, she's super nervous, but it's just like, uh, and I think she just, she acts those parts well. Like, it's not like, it's not peeking out of like, yeah, it's just, I think it's just like, it's like a, first it starts off as a curiosity and then like maybe like a desire. Um, Oh, also on the the subject, just to change like a tangent uh, to go on a quick tangent. Just on the subject of needle drops, favorite needle drop of the movie is when uh, it's in when it's at the end of the movie when they're crying. Uh, uh, Clint Eastwood's in the rain, crying. They're in the car. The husband who like doesn't understand emotions is like, "Are you okay?" or whatever, and and she's like, "I'm fine. Just give me a minute." His response is to turn on the radio. Not even the fucking music. It turns it on to like local farmers news. Yeah, Jesus so Christ. Yeah. So grim. This person is an alien. Like that's this, why like-
0: that is literally like you're nearly crying at the end of it. It's like not only do you want them to get together, it's like, no, she's now in prison for the next yeah. 30 years.
1: Yeah, she's stuck in space jail. Like it's just like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the phantom
0: so- zone. So uh, one quick thing before we move on to Africa, and I just I was really thinking about this over the course of the movie. It's just kind of so. he is like this like great nature photographer for National Geographic. He's been all over the world. Do you think it was a demotion that he got sent to Madison County to take a pictures of bridges? Ooh. Is he in trouble with National Geographic?
1: <laughs> <laughs> See now that's no I more can...
0: Francescas.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's what I say. Yeah, it leads to the Francesca theory. Like, multiple Francescas around the world.
0: I was taking pictures of wildebeest in Africa and I was good. Now I'm taking covered bridges in Iowa.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I was a god.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a cover story though. Did you see that? Hey, right it is. <laughs> it's like- Maybe National Geographic was having a tough month. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean I guess that's fair. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the, the bridges are cool, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a so weird
0: but, uh, that... but yeah, I was just curious about like where Robert Kincaid was in his career at mm-hmm. the point where we met him and just kind of, see, winding down. I mean, maybe he physically, as an old man, you know, oh. in his 60s, was having trouble crossing yeah. the Sahara and taking photos.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But uh, speaking of the Sahara, speaking of Africa... Uh, and you like that transition? That's a
2: good segue. Uh, yeah,
1: like butter.
0: Yep, we're moving on to our second film. We're talking about Out of Africa. Here are the numbers: directed by Sidney Pollack, 1985, based loosely on the 1937 autobiographical book Out of Africa, written by Isaac Dennison, the pseudonym of Karen Blixen. And also, I don't know if you know this with the credits, there was—it's—it was credited to like three, not three books which is uh, kind of unusual, I think, yeah. for films. But this, this film apparently needed three books to get it all in there. Um, <laughs> it was nominated for an astounding 11 Academy Awards and won seven. Wow. It, it was nominated for Picture, Director, Actress, Supporting Actor, Screenplay, Art Direction, Cinematography, Costume Design, Editing, Original Score, and Sound. It won for picture and director, um, but on the flip side, and it was a big, big success at the box office on a budget of um, 28 million, it made 227.5 million. Wow. So a lot of people saw it out of Africa. Interesting thing about the film though, and again, we don't like them tomatoes. We wanna to make <laughs> that very clear. Mm-mm. This got a fifty-nine percent from Rotten wow. Tomatoes. The consensus was, though lensed with stunning cinematography and featuring a pair of winning performances from Meryl Streep and Robert Redford, Out of Africa suffers from excessive length and glacial pacing. And um, I think that that is uh, pretty pretty true. Yeah. gonna
3: <laughs> um, okay, disagree
0: um, uh you know sometimes you might disagree with a consensus sentence like that but um this movie was interesting it it felt like it never raised its heart rate at all over <laughs> the course of two and a half hours a lot of things happened yeah in the movie but none of it felt particularly dramatic. I was never even close to being on an edge with the relationship that Redford and um, Streep had in this compared to Clinton, Streep, and Bridges. Like, Redford was so nonchalant
1: about everything. Dude was just there. It was pretty (laughs) impressive. He was just like, and don't get me wrong, like in some ways, like maybe that works with that character. And it's just, it's a hard character he's trying to play. Cause it's like, it's almost like there's shades of Clint Eastwood's character and his character, but he's also kind of like more of like a, you know, I live by my own rules. I'm a, uh, but he also has to be kind of like, it's, it's tough. It's like, I don't know what, like, cause it's like, it's almost like the movie, like the, his, like the movie, just, he, his selling point in the film is him basically. I think it, but he it's weird
0: especially because Sidney Pollack and redford worked together i believe on six films oh really they knew each other very well but even redford's entrance where he like walks in with the um ivory tusco for his shoulder oh
1: that was interesting
0: he just kind of strolls in and you're like is, like, hello? is that like the hero and is that robert redford and he's just <laughs> like no i'm here and you're like what like you you're so you're such a movie star you're so handsome like and this movie is so well photographed. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Let's get him in the sun walking over a hillside with yeah. that hat
1: on or something <laughs> like that. Get get one of those giant plastic ivory tusks. Yeah, I know. Well that's threw me too. The I was
0: just like I was like, I'm supposed to like this guy <laughs> uh, 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 and shoot will- every, every everyone is a big game hunter. <laughs>
1: I will say, it's so funny. When I went into this movie, especially like in the first five or 10 minutes, like I was almost under the impression, like, because you watch it, the scope initially seems so huge. Like you're looking at Africa, you're seeing the safaris. I was almost expecting, like, it could almost have like David Lean and or, like I was almost expecting yeah. like, it's like, oh, this might be like a Dr. Zhivago-y type movie or like a Lawrence of like that scale. Like we're gonna be dealing with things on that big of a scale. And it's, it's very, it's not. It's not on that scale. I mean, Sometimes I sometimes. think that's what
0: they wanted, though. I think that's what they had in mind, and I think that the academy of vo- academy voters honestly thought that's
2: what this was. Oh, 100%. they have those, those. They have the. I was thinking David Lane exactly when they get in the wagon to go to the war front mm-hmm. to meet the. And I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> we got these wide vistas, and like you know, you have a bunch of ox going across the horizon, uh, and then like they get on the plane later. Like that, that gives you some real epic mileage, those beautiful, beautiful shots. And it makes it feel huge. But I'm with you. Yeah, the difference between that and Lawrence Arabia is Lawrence Arabia has that like back to back to back to back. And then yeah. this one is a lot of the similar thing. They're not in a kitchen, but they're in this farmhouse.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like they're trying to, they're trying to graft Lawrence of Arabia onto like the Poisonwood Bible. Like it's like, like a, a family <laughs> drama or like a romantic drama. And it's not like supposed to, I mean, and don't get me wrong, there is like an, ep- like, I want some of that epicness of like the African Vistas and whatnot, but it seems like uh, they were really trying to get as much my, like as much leadness as they could out of the, the subject matter. And it, there's only so much that of uh, juice you can get from that lemon. you know what I mean? Like there's not like a lot, yeah, there's not a, there's not a lot of that like uh, it's not it's not, it's not a, a story that's epic in scale.
0: Yeah. And I think that there's I kept saying out loud when I was watching this like why did they make this movie? Like yeah. it, And not, not that you have to have like a, I don't believe you have to have like a real like personal like emotional connection necessarily to make like. Like, I don't think Steven Spielberg was connected with dinosaurs to make Jurassic Park necessarily, but this, it just felt like they were kind of going through the epic motions and what they had seen in like Lawrence of Arabia or something like that. But without any, yeah, without any of the juice mm-hmm. or like, like you know the part, you know, everyone knows the part where he's like, makes it through the desert. He's riding in Lawrence of Arabia. And the big swelling music comes in. Like, where was that moment in this book Where was, like, the big triumph?
1: I mean, honestly, so, yeah. I, I would say, like, the closest thing they have to that is when they go flying. But, like, that has aged poorly, like, unfortunately. <laughs> like, there were definitely moments where they're flying, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's a green screen in there. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I think he, um, yeah, I just, what, like, I think the closest it came to me was when she kind of makes it through that initial, like, cattle, the cattle drive to meet her husband. Mm-hmm. On the front line, but he kind of shrugs
1: his shoulders and then she finds that she has syphilis. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. Like an hour into the fu- not even a full halfway into the movie, she gets fucking syphilis out of nowhere. Uh, also, by the way, uh, can we just say, like, can I just say who I'm nominating for our Tooch? Oh, yeah,
0: go ahead. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. I'm Claus Maria. Uh, what <laughs> yeah. is his surname? Brandauer. Brandauer, dude. I think. <laughs> tooch him up that he's like (laughs) this is like he's like a proto Christoph waltz damn i love this dude like he is so because his character is so like he's like the only character that like is interesting to me i mean i guess like meryl streep's character has some interesting is is pretty interesting as well but like they're like the two people i'm most invested in Uh, she doesn't she's doing a lot
0: of good stuff in this movie but she doesn't she, she, she's weirdly muted in her reactions. She's just... It may have been the, char- the character in the book or whatever that was based on that she was getting that from, mm-hmm. but even what she's doing, and here's a big spoiler, Dennis Robert Redford's eulogy. Mm-hmm. She's not <laughs> like, she's like, and then he died. I hope Dennis likes his grave.
1: see that's the thing is like at first i thought she was being subtle and i was like okay i like this This is like you know eddie murphy and dream girls energy like she's going for that subtlety like she's just trying to play it real but then it is like it goes from like yeah being subtle to like not caring about like like there's never like a big like moment where she like uh not that there needs to be a moment where she freaks out or something like you know that shouldn't be like you know that shouldn't be the sign of great acting. Is she has to scream at least once and, <laughs> yeah. and vomit? Uh, but uh, uh, but uh, like it just feels like she never. And it's hard to even. I think like the closest thing she has to like a real relationship is with Bors. And it's so funny that like she just like accepts all his like crazy like such a a it weird a total s- horn dog. Yeah, horn dog, uh, total horn dog, a weird, weird sleazeball. Like, and like, an interesting. I like, what I like about that character too is I think he's like this perfect representation of like he's always perpetually looking like a a kid who was found with his hand in like the pie. Like he was just like you know he's just going into that pie, getting like some like some of that goop from the pie, and like it's always that look on his face, like oh shit, mother found me with pie goop on my hands. Got to yeah. explain how I gave her syphilis
0: it's very very strange because basically her journey in africa is one of tragedy and failure oh yeah and then she had this wonderful like life afterward as a successful albeit with a pseudonym writer
1: yeah and which we get none <laughs> so, like, of really
0: yeah we get none of it's like this is the origin story to her being her writing which you know Redford, of course is like i hear you should i want to hear stories from you many times in the film and you know we're getting the the seeds that she's a storyteller but it's interesting like you know, they start a farm they can't even decide what kind of farm it's gonna be Ugh, yeah kind of land on coffee and then he immediately like mentally checks out on the oh, farm yeah. <laughs>
1: he's, no, like, he's like i want to be a hunter now <laughs> yeah and he's like i'll see you in six months well here's right. the thing here's the thing too so remember like in the beginning they they agreed on cattle initially and then <laughs> she comes back and he's like ah, 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 mother, <laughs> we're growing coffee now like that's like like he just like uh with her money like like he's such a he just doesn't like he's such a because he's like he's also poor he's like a he's like a he's like he's not poor but he's like bankrupt he's like a rich so he marries her so that he can um you know, have some capital, and then proceeds to, you know, whittle her. You know, uh, spend her money on a crop that doesn't grow well. Up Do no work land. and Do sleep no... with everyone in sight. Yeah, gives her syphilis. Yeah, <laughs> and then later has the gall to come and ask her for money. That scene <laughs> was insane.
0: That scene, and then the one where he's like, "I think, I think you probably want to get a divorce." And she's like, "Well, who did you meet that he wants to marry?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: And she's so cool. It's so weird. She is like Job. Like, it's very, like, <laughs> no. Jobian. Like, she just, like, she, and she rolls with every punch. Like, and even, like, you know, when the the barn burns down, I bet that's, like, a big theme in the novel is she's Job or something. Or, like, I bet that's, like, a bigger religious illusion. That's, like, because it is just so, like, clear that she is, like, like uh, I am, she's just like, it's so funny. Like the recurring theme of like everyone saying, uh, God likes to make fun of us or like, God likes to play with us. Everyone's like, God likes to mess with us. Like God, it's like an old Testament gob in this movie.
0: There, There is a weird vibe in this movie. And it's one that like, I was thinking about that Jen walked in the room and she's like, what the hell are they all doing in Africa anyway? And the, <laughs> so the like colonialism of the film Ooh, and kind man. of the, the weird exotic rich people tourism of like yeah let's start a farm in africa we're danish
1: yeah it is, why it is. <laughs> uh, well it's like they're wealthy and weird and like and quirky like that's like yeah but like it's it's like they also give her these fake relationships that aren't even extrapolated on in the film like she has like relationships with like the tribe that's on her property, and then there's also Farah, like her number one, like her butler, be but, like her Jeeves essentially, and then there's also the little boy that she helps. And by the end of the movie, they make it seem like there were these huge like payoffs. Like it seems like Farah is really sad that she's going, and they had a relation, like you know they liked each other, and it's like th- this was never shown in the film, and this is never extrapolated upon. It just it just. They like just a, a certain point in the movie, Farah goes from like not liking her that much to being like, "You're my favorite person ever." Like it's never, and it's just like so
2: I gotta, I got I enjoyed it. <laughs> you guys, I've just been sitting here. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not great, but I think what you guys are maybe missing is that it's more of an interior drama mm. than anything. It's really about quiet dignity and perseverance. I mean, Lawrence of Arabia is about perseverance. That's fair, but, but. It, he's at war and killing people and like rallying troops. Uh, but for me, it's like, she, she compromises. The first time you see her, she goes to her lover, he says no, and she goes to her, his brother and says, hey, let's make it And the whole thing is just her like, okay, you're gonna, you're gonna educate the kids. Well, they can't be taller than this. And it's about a woman gaining respect. Mm. And I think, you know, it's it's a quiet thing. And I'm not saying the movie was amazing, but I think that's what I was like, holy shit. Like, you have the very obvious things where she can't drink. Yeah, that like, was interesting, in yeah. Club. But then they pay it off where it's like, oh, you can drink now. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's like the easiest way to pay this off. But it's a very clear way where it's like, it's a man's world. Yeah. And... So I think that's something that I was like oh man Uh, emotionally uh, what the small strides that she gets are actually humongous but you know you you do have to look at it through a political socio-political lens to really enjoy those things because Robert Redford's story is what we usually get.
1: Oh
2: 100%. Like blasting off on his plane and (laughs) going on safaris and you know, having a love affair somewhere, we don't know. But but yeah, I mean, I mean it's, not, it, 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 it's like this bait and switch. It's like, you're gonna get this David Lean epic. You're gonna see all these vistas, you're gonna go across the African continent. But really what you get is an uptight Danish woman <laughs> just fighting for respect. And that's what the first act, I was like, the first act is her being shit on and then oh. she gets syphilis and then she leaves, and then everyone's like, "She's like the best part of this thing. Like, we gotta, we gotta respect her when she comes back." So, to me, that's what it's what made it interesting. Um, and I don't want to be too like political about it, but that was that was the only way. I think I was like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "Okay, that's what it is." You know, no, right,
0: I think right. that that's a very spot on reading, dude. <laughs> like, I'll tell you that. Like like i think that that's um definitely like it's just a uh yeah i think that maybe maybe i got a little hung up on like what you call it the bait and switch element kind
2: of expecting more of a adventure epic right yeah and hmm. i think they give you pieces of it but then it's like i mean it's like hey let's make a dairy farm actually you're getting a coffee farm
3: yep <laughs>
1: <laughs> whole thing. And I will say, she perseveres. She perseveres.
2: Yes. And then she yeah. fails, which yeah, is that's like, true. And then, but she still has dignity. But I think that's what makes Merle Streep's performance so interesting. Because once I got in that loop, I'm like, she does not lose dignity one time. It's just about her maintaining dignity. And it and, is like, uh, yeah, and, well, no, but I say, like, the big climax, if we get it, is her kneeling. In front of society before the new governor and being like, save these people. And then another woman being like, I recognize that. And, you know, I think that's the big climax, but even that is very proper. (laughs) She's a baroness. (laughs) Yeah. So that's as much as you're going to get in this movie. (laughs) That's actually fair. Yeah.
1: She never loses. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, yeah, she never loses her cool. And it's like, I guess that is like her character. That is like part of like an element of her character. She is grown up in this like, she didn't grow up in this a uh, society or whatever. Like, you know, like in the, with the, like, this isn't gonna be like, she isn't a farm girl, you know? Yeah. And I think um, that might, I think that
0: uh, while all of that is noble and makes for a good story, yeah, it creates a distancing element that least left right. me um, having trouble emotionally engaging. Yeah. yeah yeah it's very story. closed off
2: yeah the the movie is not as romantic as you would like it to be i mean you know she's the most interesting thing but even then she's completely closed off like from the world and from mm-hmm. she can't fall in love with anybody i mean even the love that she has with robert redford you're like what is this other shoe gonna drop there?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well and she can't even she can't even have kids because of the syphilis yeah. and which yeah. was cured with arsenic, <laughs> which couldn't have been good. That must have not been fun. <laughs> we gotta uh, send you to,
0: to back to home for the proper science, which is just to give you poison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna dip a I will burn. say that after after watching Bridges of Madison where it's like literally two people in a kitchen and then they have the big victory parade after I guess Britain it's germany or you know yeah. and it's like you just have masses of people going through this town square carrying torches i'm like holy shit dude like that's a lot of money to put up on screen but it's it's not super exciting but you do feel it this is a incredibly handsome
0: movie yeah and it's like, in a- general, like the production value is top to bottom great mm-hmm.
1: It's but. a lived in world. It feels, yeah. And it feels like they made a little, yeah, they made like a little colonial town in the middle of Kenya. <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah, and also, they like, may, they yeah. may have. <laughs> and, also, yeah. and also, all the little, like, uh, I love all the little British character actors, like Michael Goh, like in a non Alfred role. I was like, yeah, baby. <laughs> this guy can actually be someone who's not Alfred. Hell yeah. And then. Uh,
0: What's and interesting, yeah, uh, another one, the Berkeley character, um, oh, Michael. Redford's friend. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's weird because, like, his journey seems really interesting. And his like relationship with the Somali woman that gets revealed uh-huh. toward the end of it, you know it. Yeah, definitely in a modern way. This is a ten-episode miniseries. Yeah, right. yeah.
1: See, that's the thing. Is like there are so much like tantalizing things on the edges of this film. Like, I, I like if this was a miniseries, I would have loved to see like one episode that's just about like the exploits of of Bors or Klaus's character or whatever. Because like, yeah, that guy lived such a weird. I guess he just becomes a big game hunter by the end. Good
0: job, <laughs> Yeah, Good job. like Yeah, just yeah. a
1: very like, yeah, that character is like kind of fascinating to me. Also, uh, fun fact, the Somali, uh, uh, Barkley Somali uh, lover is played by Aman, uh, I- like the model.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's like always a <laughs> um, long time partner.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> just like, whoa, this came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah she's was
0: pretty was, stunning. Oh, yeah, the issue. I guess, like, I, I, like, I think that that's absolutely spot on. It's about someone who is uptight, but also fighting for independence and dignity. Um, I think, like, so many of the scenes that could have been kind of the linchpin of the movie, whether it's her with the people who she's trying to keep on her land, or whether it's her romantic relationship with Redford, or if it's just her trying to like have a successful farm. The, almost all of them get resolved in kind of an unsatisfying way to me at right. least yeah like,
2: no, i think they missed they miss a lot of opportunities actually do I, i'm not i'm not saying this is a perfect movie at all yeah. i mean mm-hmm. they're giving you a bunch of different like hey remember that kid with the leg all right <laughs> and then yeah. the the gloves they like one of the servant she wears white gloves and they like yeah all yeah. right and he fumbles the glass, and at the end, take the gloves off. It's a couple of too too many of these very easy. She's a good white lady.
1: Yeah, or like yeah, <laughs> the the one with like the the tick tock clock, like the the cuckoo clock, and then everyone's like, whoa, cuckoo clocks! Like all the kids, like it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> People aren't like going from village to village to see a cuckoo clock. Yeah, right.
0: I think um, yeah, Graham, I think you're you're you're. The theme of the movie, you're spot on on, and I do think that that through line exists
3: mm-hmm.
0: in the movie. I think that they like just from like the the story or the plotting or kind of like the moviness mm-hmm. of it, it. That's where it kind of misses.
1: Yeah,
2: in a way. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, and also well, like, yeah. oh, you go first. You go.
2: No, no. I was just like, what would be the? I mean, you know, they don't really focus on anything. I mean, if mm-hmm. it was all about like the coffee. Like the farm, like she's fighting for the farm and fighting for the people that are there, and but it, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> it all kind of gets lost in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it probably hurt the box office, the BO, but um, I think you could cut Redford from the movie. Yeah, and just have it be her journey after her husband decides he's too much of a horn dog and game big game hunter to stick around. Mm-hmm. Now it's just society woman who's stuck in Africa having to run a farm that she has zero like background or experience in any of it and her kind of roughing it and even even if the farm ends up failing I think you still get that through line of this
2: fight for independence and dignity yep and it's the friendship you made along the way yeah (laughs) but yeah no that's a good point I mean you know I think you could make that now Mm -hmm. maybe where it's just like oh she loses her man but it is this interesting thing where it's like both of these movies Meryl's kind of Meryl Streep's characters are kind of defined by the other a little bit the the man that's in her life Mm.
1: um I have a feeling that will be a theme in any female-led uh, yeah. <laughs> any Badly, female-led uh, that uh, we will see in the future.
0: Call it even out. even going back to Sophie's Choice, though it's it's called Sophie's Choice. If you haven't seen the movie before, which we hadn't,
1: yeah,
0: we think that that's kind of like the linchpin, like the movie. Yeah, but the first hour is these two dudes like fighting over her and kevin mm-hmm. klein's weirdness and that kind of stuff like would do you really want to see her you know fight for her again <laughs> yeah, an independence and survival
1: yeah like no yeah. if that movie was like more uh, forthcoming that movie would be called stingo's friends like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> stingo's-, stingo's tragic friends yeah <laughs> get
1: a load of these weird guys i just met i'm stingo
0: but yeah, it is kind of even when it's not necessarily a man, though. I mean, like um, Devil Wears Parada, mm. it's all kind of Anne Hathaway's impression
3: mm.
0: of Meryl Streep rather than getting a huge level of the Miranda characters like, in her life mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, or She Devil is the same way. It's Roseanne's kind of impression of Meryl Streep from afar, and Meryl Streep
1: stealing her husband. Oh, yeah. Man, I mean, I cannot wait to talk about that movie. Yeah. I have so many... Or have, I talked, you, okay, we we are, have yeah. I talked about <laughs> it already? Have I talked about it already? We definitely-
0: But I think this is this, yeah, the podcast in general has been a real interesting discovery, even with the most celebrated, you know, definitely of her generation, probably of all time, you know, actor. But how she's sidelined or made to share the spotlight with either a group of co-stars or in particular a lot of times you know a very like dashing leading man
1: yeah like a a nice leading uh white guy or whatever yeah because it's like one thing i will say too about both these films is that like uh yeah none of the none of the servants ever get to have like a rich interior like life uh compared to the other actors uh you know which is like kind of like par for course with this sort of drama, unfortunately. Yeah. And then like, just one thing I want to say about Bridges of Madison County too. There are people of color in that movie, but they're only there for like one scene. And it's just <laughs> yeah. kind of there Which, just so like- Just to show how open-minded Clint Eastwood is. Yes, yeah. like, hey, you can hang out with me. I like cool black people. <laughs> there, was a, there was
0: a very funny line though that was very telling what he said. Oh, no one you know will be there.
1: That is so true, I forgot about that. That's actually, that's actually good. That's actually, because I think that is like- Because he's right. He's absolutely right. (laughs) Yeah, it is like this indictment of Americana a little bit, or at least that flavor of Americana at the time.
0: He's He's a skeptic. Yeah. And I think that that runs in all of his movies. Like he's always like distrustful. And you know, you know, libertarian. He wants get off my land. Yeah, get off! Get you know, <laughs> I don't,
1: I don't right. like you, and I don't trust you. I'm gonna become the mayor of this town so I can eat ice cream or whatever. That uh, what was that like? What was that like story? Like he became didn't oh, he try Carmel. To... Yeah, when yeah. he became uh,
0: mayor of Carmel. Yeah, he didn't want like yeah he. It was some very very selfish
1: choice. Yeah, it was something about ice cream. We'll we'll have we'll have yeah. this. we'll look this <laughs>
0: up later. Notori- he's the notorious cheapskate too. <laughs> but, um, uh, But I think, like, that, I mean, but that actually is what I think, like, allows him to register a little bit more in Bridges compared to Redford in Out of Africa. We don't really know anything about kind of where Dennis stands, other than he's like, I'm going to disappear because I like to walk around by myself for six week periods. Yeah.
1: And what's interesting, too, is I feel like if this movie was realer, like like Robert Redford so like that actor i'm pretty sure like i looked on the uh give you an idea of the type of in depth research i do i read the wikipedia page <laughs> well, yeah. uh, but uh <laughs> yeah i go there out but, of uh... africa <laughs> <laughs> but i think, think they ha- they hired him because like you're like the perfect leading man. Like that's essentially like it was something along the lines of like we couldn't find a british person like sexy enough. Like you're like yeah. like they wanted like the like the er sexy actor for that role.
0: Yeah, I I actually yeah, I read that it's like Redford had the charm no british actor could convey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I get like I think what they're like trying to impl- it's like a certain ruggedness maybe like you know, it's not like a Jeremy Irons role, you know what I mean? Or like a uh or whatever, but um, I think like he's a bush pilot essentially, or like he's like a big and it's like that's such a like IRL that's like a ski they were skeezy. Yeah. Like, if this, like if if this movie was more honest, that would have been played by like a at the very least a Michael Caine. Like a, but a scummy yeah. Michael think, Caine. I,
0: I think he would have been great oh, in the dude, part. Imagine, actually,
1: imagine like a, a, a soused Michael Caine. That is like yeah. the, that would be like true to history. And well, that I think it's like be,
0: kind of like a uh movie. DiCaprio DiCaprio and Blood Diamond yes kind of the idea of that is like the later period version of this character
1: oh a hundred percent yeah like yeah like if if you if Bush piloted 1910s so that would have been like uh, uh former Rhodesian in the French Foreign Legion hell a hundred percent
0: yeah I think it would have been like it would have been interesting if because again, I, you know, actually some of the scenes where they were in like their romantic relationship mm-hmm. looked a lot like the part in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button when Kate Blanchett and Brad Pitt are the same age. And they go off on kind of their jer- romantic journey together. Yeah. And I think like if you had made him a scoundrel who kind of like in a sense gives her like this like idealized hope and then he turns out to like just be kind of a scoundrel and die in a plane crash that gets back to her like, Oh, I don't need anything other than myself.
1: Yeah. And it's like, and he'd be a different flavor of scoundrel. Cause I think that's the thing with this movie (laughs) they already had one flavor. They had wealthy scoundrel and they were like, you can't, you can't have it. This is a one scoundrel film. There's too much money riding on this. We had to throw a Redford in there.
0: Well, I think like he's a bait and switch scoundrel because Klaus Maria Bandor is like the second you see him, you're like, uh, you're, I think you get cast as actors who might be up to something, or oh, characters yeah. who might be up. To, and Redford shows up. You're like, you're the most handsome man to ever walk the planet. Yeah, we love you immediately. But then you don't turn out to be a good guy either.
1: Nah, but you don't feel it though with it, like, because he doesn't like act enough to convey. Like, no. he never. It's just kind of like he's too. He doesn't wanted. really register. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's one note the entire film, and it's like it is almost like he is like a Doctor Manhattan. Like, it's that level of one note where, like, it's like, you wonder if this character, to bring it back to Watchmen, uh, like, you wonder if this character is, like, a little divorced from reality because he's so, like, you never see him emote, really. You never see him react to anything. Like, does he ever scream?
0: He barely raises. He (laughs) he doesn't raise his voice at all. Because
1: at least, like, with Clint Eastwood, that works. That makes sense. He's, like, a Boy Scout. Clint Eastwood is, like, Norman Rockwell come to life. But that... You can't do that with Robert Redford in this role because the role is inherently scummy.
0: Redford gets a few zingers in the movie too. Like everyone's yeah. like, "We got to do this. We got this." He's like, "Why? Why do we have to do it?"
1: it is, it's funny. Like, almost... You go first. The,
2: I'll just say the best. The best line is like when her uh, ex husband comes back and he's like, uh, "You could have at least asked." And uh, Robert Redford's like, "I did," and she said, "Yes."
0: Yeah, you know that uh, uh, like that... You could have at least serial leading man stuff
2: right there. That is yeah. some,
0: see, that's oh, some yeah.
1: Harrison Ford stuff right But Harrison Ford also <laughs> yeah. wouldn't have been good in this role, I think. I no, think I it, don't think he would oh, have. No. Uh, I think it's like, I'm, I'm team, sa- I'm 100% convinced at this point, a, sa- a sauced up Michael Caine. Constantly <laughs> drinking gin and tonic. He's like Jaws, Jaws, Jaws revenge Michael Caine. Like that level of like, you know, who cares, man?
0: One interesting <laughs> thing I'm noticing is um, I have, I'm looking at both the posters, both, both these movies both Redford and Eastwood get top billing oh wow Which it's kind of telling I
1: think oh 100% for,
0: for, for every bit of like really distills the attitudes because she is the lead of both of these movies
1: oh yeah mm-hmm. It's interesting. So here's, I have a question. Like, do you, can, and like I said, you know, I'm i i am am uh, older than a street shark, younger than a Ninja Turtle, but- uh, You did not go to
0: high school without of Africa. Did
1: not go to high school without Africa. I went to high school with uh, Bridges of Madison County. Uh, sure. Actually, no, maybe I didn't. I don't know. It depends. Uh, maybe it got held back a year, but- uh <laughs> yeah. real dummy. Real dummy. Real dingus. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> oh my God, I just went on a tangent and I lost it. <laughs> no no but I was gonna okay wait 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 uh, got too lost it? in a stupid bit <laughs> yeah. oh man story of my life baby I've always been lost in it you're lost in this stupid bit with me <laughs> we're all in Pharrell's hat you were talking about like before. oh it was would you like to play a game it's a stupid bit <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so funny Just shitty and indie sketch jigsaw. Uh, Yeah, uh, that's that. Put that. Put that on funnier die. I took UCB two (laughs) hundred one. I was taught by Joe Saunders. (laughs) Uh, My my mom will get that one. Did a jam with Will Hines. Uh, okay. Where, where, where are we? Should we, yeah. like, um... We should... well, maybe we should get to the ratings. We're, yeah, we're, we're a little ratings. loopy today. Yeah, five we're a little hours, loopy.
0: Five hours on no Streep. Or no. total Streep. Yeah,
1: total Streep, <laughs> yeah. Deep, deep in a pool of Streep. Okay. All right. So, um, start with Patrick. I will go mm-hmm. second.
0: Graham, you will be our deciding vote. Oh, oh man. Yeah.
1: I, 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 it's funny. I, it always, like, freaks me out a little bit, but I actually like, uh, going first because uh, like I know myself well and I know if you voted for something, there's like a 50% chance I would like think I was wrong and immediately question myself and vote for what you're voting for. Like, I have swung to- it for Mamma Mia a couple weeks ago. Oh, I did. I swung it for Mama Mia. So that's what I'm saying. That's like, and you won't have that. I would have, I would have voted the other way. I would have gone into the woods if you went first. I swear to God. So like, I, this is good. This is like, we keep it spicy this way. Yeah. We, keep, we keep it spicy this way, and so I'm still. But mm, you made really compelling points, Graham, about uh, out of Africa and like this the um, the subtlety of the performance. Uh, however, I think <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I'm sorry. I think I had more of an emotional connection to the Bridges of Madison County, specifically to uh, Streep's performance, and now sometimes. It was a little hammy. Like there are moments that are like, "eh, this is like a like the part where she like opens up her, uh, which we didn't even talk about." Oh, yeah, the part yeah, where yeah, she's, yeah. Like, she's outside and she's like, she discovers just, her womanhood again. Yeah, by opening her, <laughs> her rope to the wind, she's like, "oh, I can be horny again." It's a very <laughs> weird. <laughs> it's a bizarre. Really
2: sp- bitten by mosquitoes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's
2: what taylor did really <laughs> wrong
1: <laughs> not the nipple but uh <laughs> uh but uh it's just uh but even with those moments there's just so many like it's not only like her performance and like the the stronger scenes in that movie but the way that she's able to like repost like it's like it's almost like a It's not even a fencing match. It's like a, uh, it's like what you said earlier. It's like, it's like a good, like, jazz duo or whatever, where one, like, they they both get to understand each other's rhythms and how, like, they can both bounce off each other. And it's, it's like, uh, when this movie is, is on, it is, like, firing on all cylinders. And I also think that, like, Yeah, just, like, there's never been, like, I feel like the, uh, and it's true to the performance, like, she is supposed to be, like, reserved and out of Africa, but I I feel like the stakes, like, it just, you never get, I think it's almost like this, it almost, like, it gets translated to aloofness with me, and I know it's not aloofness, but it's, like, it never feels like, uh, Cause even when she can fail and she just, and she does like, she loses everything by the end of the movie. She still has, she still has a mansion to go home to in, in Denmark. <laughs> so like, it's like the, the stakes are weirdly, it's almost like the movie is almost like similar to like, uh, bro- the Claus's character in the sense of like, I feel like Claus was interesting about his character is he's like this perfect example of like, he can do anything he wants in life and he's good. And any bad thing can happen to him and he'll always find a way to get back on his feet. And I think the movie has a little bit of that energy to its detriment, uh, I- I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Bridges of Madison County. I'm just doing there it. There we I'm go. Doing, I'm doing it. And, Sorry. Um, your uh, Turchi award. Oh, dude, giving it to Klaus. He <laughs> was so good in that movie. He is like, it's so crazy too, because I looked at his filmography, and he's not in a lot of movies. Like this is like his one like big American film, Klaus Maria Brandauer like uh it's it sucks because like if this movie had come out like 20 years later dude would be like in everything like he'd be like christoph waltz he'd have like every because he has that same like oh he was in tetro that i want to see tetro so badly that movie looks so weird to me and so cool like like francis ford coppola vincent gallo the kid who plays fucking uh uh han solo uh, I need to see that Tetro at some point. Okay, I, off of my Tetro, off of off of Tetro. Uh, but, if uh,
0: listeners, if you want a, a Tetro one-off episode, let us know.
1: Yeah, give Follow us, us on Twitter, yep. let us know. Mail us DVDs of Tetro. We'll check it out. Yes.
0: So one vote for Klaus, one vote for The Bridges of Madison County. Um, I think she's really good in both these films. Oh, yeah. Um, but one thing we keep kind of coming back to with her, and I know critics – early on her career kind of went with this is Meryl the technician who kind of is putting in a performance rather than really like feeling Mm. the performance like it feels like a little bit more like she knows what she's doing she knows what she needs to accomplish she's making the correct choices but especially comparably to a lot of like other celebrated actors who seem to be kind of working from a place of reaction. She's like got a game plan. She follows through with it. She always makes the right choices within her game plan, Mm -hmm. but there is a emotional distancing that can kind of come from, I, I, you know, it doesn't feel as raw. And um, I think that that's very much on display, her technical ability, but also kind of the distancing is on display and out of Africa. Whereas Bridges of Madison County, I think she, it's one of her most, emotional and feeling performances. I'm fully caught up with the Francesca story. The stakes are not high. I mean, I think the stakes actually for like the country of Africa and all the wars and everything going on are actually quite high in Out of Africa. This is the story of two people over four days in Bridges and Madison County. But you feel every single moment of that. She single-handedly brings out a side of Clint Eastwood none of us have ever seen before. Uh, she's a perfect co-star to him. She's perfectly supportive to him. And we care so much about her story. I just think um, I vote for Bridges Madison County as well. I think, yeah, like Patrick said, Graham, you brought up a spirited and excellent defense of everything <laughs> out of Africa. And it did definitely like make me think differently about the film but i just think you know i if we were going to be full disclosure with the audience i was near crying in the rain scene in bridges of madison county i was very moved by it i was fully emotionally engaged in the film and i just didn't get there and out of africa and i think a big part is merrill's performance in bridges and um, i vote for that and i vote for the stanley tucci award this week for clint eastwood Ooh. Uh, You know, we've sung his praises throughout the episode And I just think, you know, obviously he's a big star He's not bringing that mysterious, mischievous Tucci energy Mm. But I think he he perfectly danced with Meryl
2: Very nice Graham, you're up Uh, Well, you know, I I already stated my case for Out of Africa (laughs) I think I was uh, a little surprised to actually enjoy it as much as I did. Um, I saw the running time and I was like, oh geez, come on. Uh, but I mean, as it started getting going, I don't know if I was just in the right mood or I was watching it with my wife uh, that may have also, met, but we we're sharing something. We're kind of mm-hmm. going through it together. Uh, I also didn't watch it in one sitting. Mm. I kind of took my own intermissions. Full disclosure, um, I didn't either. Oh, yeah. I was
1: I was a full I was like I watched both <laughs> movies in one sitting. It was like, the only thing Ooh.
2: missing was the uh,
1: Clockwork Orange eyeball clamps. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, there was I mean I there was a lot of things that I was as I was watching Out of Africa, I was like, man, I miss these kinds of stories, the uh, kind of textures that they're building. Even the score, you're right, it was pretty cheesy, but I was like, mm-hmm. I think it brought me to like movies that you know, I would have gone to high school without of Africa. Uh that's my age bracket. <laughs> <laughs> At Street Pie. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the way like even like some of the old scripting, uh, where like you could have a scene and like three or four lines and you accomplish like this character walks in and then they do this and the next character, you know, uh you you have an entire story told within a minute and they had a lot of those kind of scenes. Mm -hmm. So I think I was enjoying that, that old school, like, Hey, we're just going to tell a story. It's a huge epic Mm -hmm. moving along. Uh, But it's a long one, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Whereas like, you know, someone I'm trying to think of, you know, the one that I thought of is, you know, the chief comes in and it's like, no, nobody that's all taller than this can go to school. And but they did mm-hmm. that scene so quickly mm. they didn't waste any time yeah. but with all that said enjoyed Bridges of Madison County much more it's a lot more intoxicating of a film it's a lot more immediate the only thing I didn't like was the framing device
3: yeah.
2: so as much as I'm a defense you know uh, on the defense of Alba Africa Bridges of Madison County I would watch it again <laughs> you know maybe a while but yeah, I thought it was great. And the the Tuch award, I I go with uh, Klaus as well. He was oh wow! A, yeah, he was a he was a surprising character. I thought I would hate him, but I'm like, you know, I'm glad to see him again. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah there's something like weirdly yeah. consistent about him. Like it's like, and it's like it's dependable. His shittiness is dependable in a weird way.
0: Yeah. Like a, well, a uh, major contender seems to have emerged. This week in the Bridges of Madison County, and the second round now full in the accents category. We will see Sophie's Choice versus the Bridges of Madison County on a future episode, wow. and I think that's going to be highly competitive.
1: Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a real uh. <laughs> that's gonna be a real Julie and Julia.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a real Julian a real Julie and Julia. But yeah. yes, Bridges of Madison County moves on. Congratulations too to Klaus Maria. Or, I don't know if you have, I hope I pronounced your name correctly for this week's Stanley Tucci award. And, uh, right. that was Bridges of Madison County and out of Africa. Now we're going to play a little game <laughs> and we have a, on our zoom call, we're getting a special guest with our cat Rutherford saying hi, oh, Dan. which all of our listeners, I'm sure love it.
1: <laughs> that cat's good as hell.
0: Yeah. But, uh, this, this week, guys, we're going to be doing a little game. Um, Meryl Streep, uh, played a historical figure in Out of Africa, she's played Margaret Thatcher. She's played Julia Child. Mm. She knows her way around, based on a true story. I, if I, can make can be so bold, mm. but she hasn't played everyone. Mm. This week, we're we're traveling through time with Meryl Streep. What historical figure or pop cultural figure would you like to see Meryl Streep take on next? And I have to give my father credit for this category because he misheard me on our phone call this morning suggesting this <laughs> and somehow he thought Meryl Streep was going to be playing Axl Rose of Guns N' Roses in a movie uh, and I was like now that sounds interesting <laughs> so, uh, so uh Patrick let's start with you uh who would you like to see Meryl Streep play
1: man a historical figure is such a uh, I, I'm like I'm blanking right now I need to think of a good historic cause, you know, this is how dumb my brain works the first thing that came to my dumb brain uh, was Willy Wonka which is not a historical figure <laughs> character from fantasy I know that like yeah I know a bunch of you uh, roll doll freaks like to imagine that it's there's a real factory somewhere where they uh... it's
0: yours Meryl it's <laughs> all <laughs> yours
1: oh man but I, I would have liked to see her hot take but um, I'm trying to think of like a you know like I feel like she probably has a very good Emily Dickinson in her. Mm. I feel like oh. she could do a very, like, that's like a, that's an interest. That's a person that was always like, and especially after seeing the bridges of Madison County, like, I feel like she does really well in these like uh, pastoral environments where she doesn't have a lot to, to work with. And so like a really meaty, like, it's just like her and her sister. And like, you know what I mean? Like, cause like, I think Emily Dickinson like like was almost like a homebody for the majority of her life, and you know she never married, and so like there's like a lot like uh, I could see her like in a movie with maybe like only two or three big named actors. I love *Bridge of Madison County*, just like crushing that performance, and mm. she'd also have like the fun accent, uh, you know, she'd she she'd rock a, a weird mid-Atlantic like whatever Emily Dickinson's <laughs> like that 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 19th century version of Boston Brahmin or whatever she would like add to that imbue to that role. Uh, she would crush it um uh yeah i'd say that's like the main that's the main one. oh I'll, I'll keep thinking though i'll keep thinking beyond because i might think of another one for some reason in my head i'd like to see not she's not quite a historical figure yet but like you know like all of her sons nixon yeah maybe like uh like her uh playing nixon yes her playing nixon i <laughs> 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 i'm in i'm in <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Just start playing Nixon. Nah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep thinking. I'll
0: keep thinking. I'll keep thinking. I think, um, I, think I, I, I got one that I think is pretty straightforward that I think is very much in the wheelhouse. And then I just have one weirdo choice. Um, uh, very much down the line is uh, Calamity Jane. I'd like Ooh. to see her play, uh, do a full-scale starring role in a Western, I think would be um, very fun and very exciting. And you know, and see her play, you know, I don't, I mean, obviously I think the definitive Calamity Jane's on Deadwood, hmm. but um, you know, played, you know, troubled, nuanced, alcoholic, give her a lot to do. And again, my vote is always to give her something that's a little scummier than she's ever played before. Cause that's the only thing I think is missing from what we've seen is playing like, yeah, yeah like a scumbag mm-hmm. or someone, someone who's just not she plays someone who has it together at least on the surface, quite well. And she does that quite often. And it would be nice to see her play someone with a little little bit more troubled. And on that note, my weird choice is I would like to see a, I don't don't know if you guys remember, or Todd Haynes' film, I'm Not There, where there were six Bob Dylans. Oh, yeah. I have a pitch where it's six different moments in the life of Orson Welles. And I would like to see Meryl Streep play Orson Welles. (laughs) <laughs> which it's i think we, <laughs> like <laughs> either like the citizen kane has it all going for them like confident one or the end uh-huh in like yeah. heavy heavy makeup oh yeah
1: like i was like yeah. the, like chimes of midnight level or like wine selling
0: wine in the Ooh. 1980s and playing uh, <laughs> and being a trans voice and transformers the animated movie
1: oh man
0: and like trying to rekindle their friendship with Peter Bogdanovich. <laughs> That's good. She'd do a great job. Yeah, I think it would be like obviously very strange, but I just, again, like I'm so interested in seeing her play things outside the box.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Like, it's so funny. I have another idea that came to mind. Uh, unfortunately, it's not like out of the box for her though. I, 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 need, to, I need to see out of the street box. <laughs> Because I was thinking <laughs> about like, do uh, you know like uh, uh, Chester A. Arthur? Like, so when James Garfield died, Chester A. Arthur became the president, and he was like a product of like uh, like Tam, either Tammany Hall or like proto like the, the thing before Tammany Hall. But he was basically like this man of like New York politics who was like a total corrupt scumbag, and James A. Garfield basically had him become his VP. So just to appease those scumb- scumbags in New York. And so when, he, uh, when Garfield died, everyone expected him kind of like to, you know uh, maintain this level of cronyism because the reason James R. Garfield died too, is because patronage was a huge thing, and James Garfield put a stop to it. And the person that shot James Garfield was someone who was expecting one of those patronage, like one of those like uh, cushy government jobs that he was not allowed. And so uh, Chester A. Arthur, he had a pen pal. During this time, there was like this lady who would like was like uh like would like write him letters and was like what you better be a stand up citizen boyo like it was like these things where like it's ridiculous like it was he was she was basically like kind of like bullying him and like a to like be a good person and because of this like like uh this like correspondence it made him a far better president than anyone ever thought he would be he wasn't a perfect president he did some bad you know there's no good presidents we're all evil we're all gonna die whatever (laughs) (laughs) whatever everything's bad and tainted but uh he was for the time he was not he could have been a far worse and he could have brought back a lot of like the scumminess that Garfield uh was trying to get rid of and it was all due to this pen pal so I think having Meryl Streep playing like a, a, a kind pen pal lady like, man, she would crush that. And, like, that would, like, because that's, like, that's her, like, because she'd basically be paying playing, like, a, a variation of her grandmother character in Little Woman, but, like, maybe not quite as prickly. That'd be, like, I a I got lot. a, um,
0: I got an outside-the-box punch-up for this great idea. She mm-hmm. plays both parts. She plays Chester A. Arthur and the pen pal lady.
2: mutton chops. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say. <laughs> those... <laughs> strip
1: with those mutton chops? <laughs>
2: So I, hey, I, I like that idea, though, Patrick. I uh, I got my first initial response is kind of similar as like yeah, Marie Curie or like Eleanor Roosevelt, but I'm like that's, I mean that may be in development. I mean who knows? <laughs> yeah. But this is this this is the direction I want to go is like Young Streep, like '70s Streep, but playing a now story. And I was like, what about Elizabeth Holmes? The uh, oh, the, <gasps> the blood- Theranos one. So of course Theranos is like obviously there's a couple docs and there's somebody playing her, I'm sure.
0: I believe uh, Jennifer Lawrence has been circled.
2: Oh yeah. For so it. I mean some of but seeing like because she's a very closed off unemotional person, but kind of just having what streep would Meryl Streep would bring to because I'm just like, what what does she do? And she is a very interior. Uh, type actor like it's all she she does stuff but she's not like like Lawrence is a very all out there mm-hmm. kind of uh, oh yeah actress there's not like she's not hiding anything there's no like interior thing that I know <clears> that's part of what she's why she's fun to watch because she's just yeah. gonna throw the glasses on the ground and like stomp out but uh, Elizabeth Holmes seems like a good Streep kind of character
0: that that is a really good idea Um, yeah i agree and i think she'd be able to humanize her
2: right that's the other thing where she could take a very cold person and kind of give give you an insight into what makes them tick you know graham when
0: you were pitching that idea all i could think you were going to say was that uh young meryl streep was going to travel forward and play meryl streep Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like the only
2: historical figure that she should properly play herself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. put her in some age makeup and then <laughs> yeah, like a real
0: like Charlie Kaufman. She gets back together with Charlie Kaufman for another adaptation style movie, but it's Meryl Streep playing Meryl Streep. Yeah, but yeah. like cast as Meryl Streep. Uh huh. Yeah, just and, a meta and struggling with it, like really not being able to find the character.
1: Yeah. and and of course she has a goofy twin sister Daryl <laughs> she... yeah. who's
0: also played by Meryl Streep who yeah. gets the part <laughs> I understands the part completely
1: even though she, she's only acted in fucking Star Kiss Tuna commercials before <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, Nicolas Cage can play Gummer Ooh.
2: oh yeah
1: yeah. Give me that
2: Gummer Cage.
1: Oh my God. Also, that's the name of my new, uh, gritty action hero. Uh, the, my new Sean-Clyde Van Dam killed Gummer Cage. That's going to be the protagonist. I'm Gummer Cage. Gummer Cage. He's
0: somehow he's French, but he lives in the United States and he's yeah. a fire. He's a firefighter. Yeah. <laughs> And his oh, gran- no my mother was french my father was from america yeah
1: <laughs> like his father's played by stacy keach yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and his other dad's played by power like ah two dads power booth powers Booth. imagine if you had two fathers stacy keach and powers booth hell yeah
0: it would be uh that's awesome. so that it would be, be awesome. powerful
1: that'd be so much yeah. power in one Oh, man, I, you would
0: not you would not get in trouble in high school. Straight A's, <laughs> you'd come out of there with straight A's. I can't go home. Both Stacy and Powers will be on my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. I like it. I like it. You know, we have pitched so many good ideas. I really, really hope Marilyn Hollywood are listening because uh, these have just been golden, both this episode and all down the line. But uh, you know, Graham, thank you for coming out today and joining us on this uh, wild journey all over the world from farmland of Iowa to the vast plains of Africa. Graham, is there anything you would like to plug? Heading out today.
2: Yeah, it's all about plugging. Um... (laughs) (laughs) It's really what all these two and a half hours was coming towards. Yeah, all said about eight hours of Streep, watching, (laughs) thinking about, talking about Streep. It's all the, well, so, I'm, uh, as you mentioned at the top of the show, I'm working on uh, the Reagans. I'm playing on Showtime. I don't know when this episode will drop, but it'll be playing on November 15th, uh, 2020. Mm. And then for four weeks of that. And then I, I have my own podcast, Straight White Guy Listening, uh, where it's about me just talking to people about you know, race or disability Uh, body image, that kind of stuff, and just making it accessible. And, you know, everyone's, you know, about shaming and finger pointing. it's it's an easy way for me, (laughs) at least, and I hope the audience to learn about and talk about, you know, stuff that's, you know, highly, uh, I don't want to say, it it feels like landmines, you know, usually when, you know, uh, talking about things like that. So it's been a good experiment for me to actually learn a little bit. And I kind of hope that the audience does too.
0: Yeah, we hope um, it's a great show. And, you know, if you want to actually move on to something that is socially good and relevant after <laughs> yeah. you listen to this, <laughs> this show, um, check out Straight White Guy listening. It's, yeah. it's, Graham's got a big heart and, you know, he really does it well on this show.
1: Yeah, oh, that, I don't know how many Street Sharks references it has, I, don't know. I think we would be in that one field. My what uh, what
0: what high school did Straightway Like White Guy Listening go to? <laughs> yeah, none <laughs> <Yeah, he> of <laughs> that hard <laughs> <Straight-wide
1: guy> School. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, so uh, before we head out, Patrick, is there anyone you'd like to thank for mm-hmm. today's episode?
1: Okay, yes. Well, first, I'd like to name my... Uh, I'd like to name, good Lord. Uh, i like to obviously thank uh, Evan for the music, the sumptuous music that plays before. I'd love to thank uh, uh, Ari Grab one more time for the logo. Thank you so much. Kiss, kiss. Uh, I would love to thank my little rat, George. Uh, and by the way, he's been on top of my... Eve. You've noticed at the Zoom, I have been wearing my Pharrell hat the entire time. And he has been subtly... Uh, controlling my, pulling my hair, making me say things and stuff. So um, anything bad I said, just blame it on George. He's a little scamp. He loves to mess around. And then, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, thank my agent, my kids, my family, kisses, go to bed, sweetie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 I gotta thank Robert James Waller, author, of the bridges of Madison County, Mm. uh, big props to him, big props to Francesca Johnson's terrible children. Uh, we wouldn't have gone (laughs) on this journey without them. Uh, Clint Eastwood for softening up. Got to thank him for that. I think, um, I'd like to thank the entire technical team behind out of Africa. Y'all did a hell of a job cinematography. I didn't get said, I liked the music. So big thank you to John Barry. Oh yeah. I think, um, gotta thank baron Bor blixen for bringing a little spice to the story today i also want to thank the rat george you know i think that 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 worked really well i want to thank ryan murphy in advance for the prom just a guess and you know i gotta thank my people my team Mm -hmm. graham for joining us today patrick as always and um you know, my kids are up, too.
1: I got to go to bed. Go to bed. It's past your bedtime. Bed. <laughs> bed. It's past
0: your bedtime.
1: Better not be watching Adult swim. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> so
0: on that note, for our guest, Graham, hi, Patrick, my co-host, everyone involved. You know, thank you for listening. This has been the Academy Academy.
4: Bye. them dark and dusty drapes Let in some light Tell the bellboy, come get my trunk Cause I'm living here tonight well, I packed my bags And I paid my bills And I'm turning in my key And if those sad souls down in the lobby Ask for me Just tell them I'm Checking out This heartbreak hotel I ain't gonna live on Lonely Street no more, no more. (laughs) I found a new love and a new place to dwell where teardrops ain't sucking the floor.